This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Has this been mentioned by any writers? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> nope. nope. Jeremy Schofield, ahead of the curve. I edit this shit out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down. Shut the shit down. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mines they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. And of course, they rag on me for not talking enough. (laughs) Nice. Listen to me now, bitch. (laughs) Jay Boosh. You know what? This is how it works. I'm not old as fuck, and I don't play idiots. And those are the two things that apparently matter when you want to play Mind Flavor. Scotty. And and I cashed that GP. Like, that's legit. Like, for me, being just the fucking dad grinder, that's a huge deal. And Jeremy. Sometimes you just have to be that guy. We're like, oh, you want to play some modern? It's like, yeah, I want to play some modern. And it's like, I'll suspend a lotus bloom. And they're just like, oh, why did I want to play modern with you? And now, the A-Team. Welcome to episode 213 of the A-Team Podcast. I am Mr. Scotty Mack, joined as always by my three amazing co-hosts. I have with us the one, the only, the silent and late assassin, KYT. Hey guys! How how shitty is a late assassin? (laughs) He's pretty bad at his job, right? My God! Did you, did you kill My the target? Wrong. The target? He's already dead. He's already dead. <laughs> when I got there. <laughs> like, did you kill the target? Like, oh, uh, well, uh, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna do that, but then I got stuck in traffic, so uh, he left. I of course have also that second voice you heard is Jay Boosh. Hello. That's how people in other countries say hello. By the way, they add like R's. Like, have you ever spoken to like a Kiwi or a, a an Aussie? Yes. And they're like hello. Like, yes. there's an R in that word. Yeah. Yeah. Shout it's out, not, Chris. It's not just like a Medea thing. Mm, I don't know who that is, but no. Really? <laughs> Medea, yeah. like Medea's. Like Medea's crazy family or whatever the movies, the it's actually it's like the like white chicks. Yes, like that. But it's I can't remember Tyler Perry. It's a Tyler Perry movie. Tyler Perry dresses up like a crazy old grandma named Medea, and Medea she talks like this all the time. And uh, and when she says there, she says there, there. So yeah, that. <laughs> And we also have Jeremy Schofield. I am so happy to be here. Our long national nightmare is over. Skeletons are finally properly represented. Oh, so Jeremy is indicating that he's he as the dude storm player is 
No, the dredge player. As the vengevine oh. aficionado yes. has some news for us. See, Wizards, everyone's waiting for us to talk about this because it's such a hot topic. And the whole reason that we moved to Mondays is that we could talk about stuff like this. About hot, hot topics. Hot topics. Hot, fresh off the presses four days ago for you people listening. Come and get it. Four days. But it's not nine. So, uh... <laughs> That's true. There were some changes that to uh, a series of the banner restricted list that were announced today by Watsi. Top story of your week. Um... We obviously all, or most, did we all play in a pre-release this weekend? We did. And you know what? Wait, wait. Just Jay, kinda... No. I know you did. I know KYT did. Jay, did you play in a pre-release? I played a round. Good enough. We'll talk about that later. Okay. That's enough to build a deck. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Super. Because I had a blast. My pre-release was insane. Okay. I was just going to say, though, that we're actually on time. We're even early if you only play Magic on Magic Online. Because, like, the changes for the balance restricted list are not until, like, well into, like, next year. Sure. Or end of the month or something. I can't figure it out. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. So that said, recent changes. As of <gasps> January. When? 19th. That's today. Today. That's today. That's so when the we're effective date is out. January 23rd. So this takes place Not Friday. Your ears. Okay. And, uh, and online is, is the 28th. The 28th, okay. okay. That's fair. Magic Online is... The testing will be done by then. Yeah, exactly. Yep, okay. <laughs> uh, vintage. Start with Vintage. Okay. Uh, they've decided to restrict Treasure Cruise. They feel like it's only fair for you to play with two copies of Ancestral Visions in Vintage. Recall. That one. Yeah. Ancestral Recall. Yeah. Uh, and then Gifts Ungiven, a four-mana... Sorcerer, or four mana instant, they have decided is no longer restricted to vintage. Is that exciting? Uh, yeah, sure. It's it's vintage. It's cute. Okay. That's like what, one tournament a year? Sure. And all of like 300 players, maybe? Maybe a thousand play it worldwide? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I think I think that they have like a. Do they even have vintage? Yeah, they have vintage or they have vintage on uh, Magic Online. I think. Absolutely. I think maybe a daily spire before. <laughs> okay, sure. There might yeah. be some videos done. <laughs> maybe an eight man? Well, there were a number of eight mans when they had the vintage masters or the vintage championships or whatever, right? Vintage oh, Super League, that's what it was. Vintage Super League, okay, yeah, that's what we need. Okay. So, uh, okay, so Legacy. Legacy is more, more yep. played, right? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. So, no, Star City Games is walking away from it, yeah. Yep, yeah. So they unbanned World Gorger Dragon. Okay. Which is a, a judge's nightmare. Mm hmm. Yep, okay. So for yep. those of you that are unfamiliar with World Gorger Dragon, uh, it is a five or six mana dragon. Hold on. There it is. Huh. Six mana dragon. It's red, red, red three for a seven, seven flying trampler. Okay. It is a nightmare dragon as the creature type. It is from uh, Judgment. When World Gorger Dragon comes into play, remove all other permanents you control from the game. Mm -hmm. When it leaves play, return the removed cards to play under their owner's control. What? But what if I enemy did it? Well, that's funny. You should say that. Judge! That's game, boys. That's game, boys. So what <laughs> happens there is that World Gorger Dragon will come into play, uh, and it will... So you bring it into play with the Animate Dead. So it brings it onto the battlefield. And then you remove all the permanents you control from the game. So that includes the Animate Dead, which then makes the World Gorger Dragon go to the graveyard, because it's not animated by Animate Dead. Now what you do in between there is you pull the upheaval trick. Okay? So what this allows you to do is you... When all of the lands come into play, 
you tap them all for mana. <gasps> and Anime yeah. Dead returns to play, and then you enchant the World Gorger Dragon again. What? Which That's then, ridiculous. I know, which then brings the World Gorger Dragon back into play. God. And yeah, so you can see how this all works. So basically, you're going to get into an infinite loop unless you finally pick a different target with Animate Dead for World Gorger Dragon. Or you have some instantaneous way to kill your opponent. Most notably, Stroke of Genius. Stroke. Because you make infinite mana, and then at instant speed, you make your opponent draw their deck plus one. So that's a deck in Legacy that people might play, because it seems like totally great in a Storm You on Turn 2 format. But maybe they're trying to slow down that Storm You on Turn 2 format by banning Treasure Cruise in Legacy. Not Dig Through Time, just Treasure Cruise. Just Treasure Cruise. Now, you'll notice they did not ban Brainstorm, uh, because Brainstorm only nets you one card. Yeah, I'm thinking that the guys in development probably did the math on this one and decided it was okay. I agree. Yeah, I think they did. I think they decided that one card was more reasonable than three cards. Uh, so yeah, so that's interesting. So that shook up Legacy pretty crazy. Uh, both of those cards are a big changes. Um, in Modern, however... Oh, nothing happened in Modern. With the advent of the Pro Tour on the horizon, KYT was, I'm sure, refreshing like a fiend, leading into hours before 11 a.m. Eastern with the rest of us, clicking like a madman. I, was. I thought it was noon Eastern, so I was like sitting there, and then everyone started freaking out. I'm like, what is freaking out about? Like, spoiled 10 minutes early, but yeah, well, that's the thing is I, I saw it like 10 after 9 after KYT's like, oh my god! <laughs> I should probably check this out. <laughs> so, Jeremy, tell us what was unbanned. What was unbanned? Well, that's <laughs> the only reason I talked to him. <laughs> completely innocent card called Golgari Drape, uh, Grave Troll. Uh, it's a skeleton, and it's been on the ban list forever since the whole ban list came about. And to this day, nobody can figure out why the hell it was on there. Because Dredge 6 and the ability to abuse Dredge in no way whatsoever existed. Now, Vengevine can do some fun stuff, but uh, it's not like they had Dread Return or anything like that that was actually going to make the card crazy. So I just I couldn't understand why the Grave Troll was on there. It was just the biggest number on a dredge card, I guess. So he's free. I get to play with him now, and that makes me extremely happy because uh, some of the other dredge cards, like the Dredge 4 guys, were just not cutting it. Golgari Thug, not exactly where I wanted to be, but I was still making tickets with the deck. So. Stinkwood Imp. Oh, you know what? Imp is fine. Imp actually does have a little bit of role. Like, I will cast Imp. I mean, it flies as Death Touch, right? So flies as Death Touch, yes. I was uh, fending off uh, Celestial Colonnades with it earlier today. Sure. Okay. So, Golgari Grave Troll is a 0-0 creature. It is a yes. skeleton troll. Uh, it is green 4 in its casting cost. Yes. And it enters the battlefield with a 1-1 counter on it for each creature in your graveyard. It yes. has uh, an ability which has 1 colorless, remove a 1-1 counter from Golgari Grave Troll to regenerate it. Yes. So all of that stuff, except for the word dredge six, is completely, completely fair. Exactly. Then the no, last, the last irrelevant. <laughs> if you actually cast that card, you're doing it wrong. Sure. Then the, <laughs> the last piece is dredge six. So instead of drawing this card, instead of drawing for a turn, anytime you would draw, you may instead, if this card is in your graveyard, you may instead replace your draw step by putting the grave troll in your hand and milling six cards off the top of your library. Yeah. So that's Golgari grave troll. Now. 
there were some fairly obvious bands that were coming down the pipe. I think we called basically all of them uh, in our last episode. So it should be to the surprise of actually no one. Dig Through Time, Treasure Cruise, both both banned. They couldn't ban one without the other, and Treasure Cruise was 100% being banned. Yes. And the 40% ringer came in, and Birthing Pod also was banned. Birthing Pod? Yes. That seems to have pissed some people off. Like, how how much was a Birthing Pod? I haven't bought a Birthing Pod was, in a long time. I, actually I think it was 50 for the foil. Yeah, I think they were 10 to $15 for the Like, they're still, like, a, like the foils are still $40 online for some reason. Commander? Still, who, who fucking Cube. plays that card in Commander? Cube. You know what? It was seen some legacy play. Some fringe legacy hogwash. play. Fringe legacy pay, play can keep a foil up. That's true. Especially Commander, yeah. So, anyways, they decided that uh, they finally woke up and realized, oh god, we keep making creatures so much better. Why are we letting these creature, car- creature decks play with 35 card sideboards and cast them for free at will? <laughs> Why is this deck winning? I don't understand. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So basically they've decided that for the same reason that they banned a pile of cards, like they banned Wild and the Cattle back in the day because it sort of like, Wild and the Cattle was holding down, like the zoo architects were holding down other creature decks because they just couldn't compete with the zoo. Um, they'd, and then they banned Wild and the Cattle and printed a bunch of really good creatures. So they decided now they finally printed with Siege Rhino. Siege Rhino was the Rhino that broke the, that broke the pods back. Like, well, I guess this, this four or five creature with Trample for four mana that also happens to Lightning Helix, my opponent, when it comes into play. Maybe putting this at four right after Kitchen Finks is probably just too much for Modern. I have to imagine that Siege Rhino and Batter Skull went out for drinks. You yeah. know, the Heartbreakers, they just, they just did this shit to their respective others. But, suffice it to say, I'm, I'm actually really, really happy to see it. Um, the num- like, if you want to do the math on it, uh, Pod won five of the 12 Grand Prix in the last year, including winning the last two. So, I mean, that that's math, right? So, you know, it suppresses decks, especially other creature decks that have an unfavorable matchup. In the interest of supporting a diverse format, Birthing Pod is banned. So that's like, that, that line is straight from the banned and restricted announcement right on the Wizards page. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty simple one. And like, for all you guys who are kind of Hurt that your pods are hurt. Yeah, like, you know, you're going to take the odd hit and stuff like that, especially when it comes to ban-restricted type stuff. You want to play a powerful deck that's only going to get more powerful. Eventually, this is going to happen. And the nice part is, is that you still have a deck. Like, all you have to do is just take the sideboard cards out of the main deck, narrow it down to 15, and just get multiple copies of some of those cards that you have, many of which are in standard right now. So here's what I find really hilarious, okay? Because a, a lot of people just, oh, I feel really bad for the people that are selling out of the format because their birthing pod deck isn't good anymore. And I just laughed. I'm like, you don't understand. Those people are already protected by portfolio diversity. They only have one of each card. <laughs> yeah, really. And your land base is still good. You still have the perfect mana base for a junk deck. So, like, fill it with standard cards and you're good to go. Like... This is not hard. Thanks, Tips. You, you should not be playing Dark Confidant anyway. So go buy some Lingering Souls that are a dollar a piece. Fill up on Seed Rhinos that are $3 a piece. And get some Abrupt Decays. 
sure, you're going to have to buy Tarmogoyfs, and that's balls. But, I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't play Tarmogoyfs. Maybe you just play Voices. I don't know. You're playing three of them anyway, aren't you? I just, I, I don't have, I'm really happy to see it. Um, Makes me really happy, because I know Birthing Pot is a really, really, really uh, oppressive deck. It's very difficult to beat, uh, especially, like, we, we basically said it on the show last week, right? A well-tuned Birthing Pod deck uh, that's appropriated for the right metagame is almost unbeatable, especially if Pod hits the table. So, you know, without exceptional hate measures being, you know, brought in, like Green White Hate Bears is a deck for a reason, you know? Um, I'm really glad to see that, that this is where we're at. I'm, I'm actually very excited to watch the Pro Tour. Yeah, so... Uh, I think they missed the Delph card. They missed a Delve card? I think they missed the Delve card. Like the Especially with the troll coming back. The, the Time Warp card? No, the Time Warp card is bad. Okay, so Murderous Cut is what you're getting at? No, Murderous Cut's fair. Well, which Delve card, then, are we talking about? Tombstalker? Become Immense. Oh, yes, Infect. <laughs> Infect is out. See, so Infect is already a good deck in Modern, and it's going to get even better, I think. You know what? This card actually is a card that I think makes my aggro dredge deck frightening. Oh boy. I'm interested. Because you're coming at them with grave crawlers. You're doing all these stupid little things. And one of the things that I notice with my games, the games that I don't just like immediately like get the, the nut vengevine vine and I'm bashing in for eight on turn three or turn two because it can be really, really ridiculous. Even attacking for like five on turn two is perfectly insane. Um the thing that's always about it is that like the deck goes really wide to borrow from you know Hearthstone terms. Sure. You have well, like you'll have like three or four, five creatures out on the board attacking on like turn three or four. Like you just you go very wide on them as they're eating up your threats because you're always attacking into bigger creatures, but all of your creatures keep coming back. Since you're doing that, you're always just going really you know you go really wide and you're getting little bits of damage in. And the way that they play against that matchup most times is, like, they'll block a couple guys, they'll block the biggest guy they can with keeping their permanent, and they'll let damage get through, and you nickel and dime at them, you eat away at them. And what they'll start doing is they'll start firing off removal because they feel like they have to, you know, they have to use their lightning bolts as fogs and stuff like that. Well, now, you've got the Hail Mary. (laughs) You've got the giant haymaker. The second that they give you any sort of window, you just pound in. That it's become true. events just like that that packs her in. <laughs> and the fact that it's a one mana spell in that deck is a little on the ridiculous side. Sure. Like you're gonna sit there and you're gonna feign him out with something like a dark blast or something like that. They're gonna be like, oh no, that Vengevine's gonna trade with my Siege Rhino, blah, 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 blah. And then the little frickin' nobody cares about it, Dredgescape Zombie or uh, the Seder Wayfinder is going to just pound it in. Not to mention, if you cast it on Lot Troy, your life is amazing. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, I'm very, very excited for that card. Cool. Yeah, but uh, in effect, it's it's also just the Stone Nut. So, yeah. Uh, Has this been mentioned by any writers? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> nope. nope. Jeremy Schofield, ahead of the curve. Edit this shit out right now. (laughs) Shut it down. Shut the shit down. I thought it was good when Stinkweed Imp said uh, said, uh, Dredge 5 on it, but, like, the fact that, like, 
you have Golgari Grave Troll that says, like, Dredge 6, means you get to keep one card in your graveyard after you cast it. <laughs> like, I-, I wanted your quick thought, Joe, because I think Scott and I, mainly Scott mentioned uh, BDM was playing and Flores with uh, yeah, Delphi Yeah, I haven't deck. seen their list Did yet, you? but I think so I have the list. More- I have the list in front of me, so I wanted your opinion. Oh, yeah, let's so- do it, do it, do it! So, so it, it had cruises though, but that that can be replaced. Yep. Yeah. So, so I had four cruises, four Vengevines, four Goifs, four Seder Wayfinders, four Snapcaster Mage, four Probes, four Delvers, four Crabs, four Serum Visions, four Thought Scours, and two Vapor Snag. That's that's a deck. That's their main deck. Um, that's really interesting. I kind of like it. I mean, Thought Scour uh, seems super sweet. Because you can, like, mill two cards, and if one of them's a dredge card, replace the draw of Thoughtscour with the dredge. That's yeah. fucking really sick, actually. Yeah. Um, without having the cruise, though, I think that the blue kind of falls off again, because I was trying, I was, I, I was building with the blue when Treasure Cruise was a thing, because drawing three cards is a little bit broken. Um, a lot broken. <laughs> and uh, I like the crabs. They were a lot of fun. Uh, it also harkened back to when the <laughs> Jerry deck... Schofield, 2014. Yeah, I like crap. It was decks. fun. It'll be like my MTGO is perfect quote from last episode. <laughs> Alright, sorry. Uh, but, like, the standard deck, it used to use, like, the Kedrick of uh, Leviathan to, like, return everything to people's hands and, like, do all kinds of BS stuff like that. And that's what was really cool with the blue one and it had, like, these weird disruption things. And it seems like, you know, you're kind of, like, just pressuring out a Vengevine um, the nice part about uh, the Snapcaster Mages was allowed you to access your spells, which was kind of a thing where this deck fails and is kind of tough, is that anytime you put like a Murderous Cut in your deck or become immense in your deck, there's a very good chance that you just mill it and it's not doing anything for you and it's very hard to actually get creatures or spells into your hand. Uh, it's one of the things that I love about Seder Wayfinder in the new Dredge decks is because it was a way for you to draw more land when you never could draw land. So if you had them in your hand, it was like, great, this is a creature and a land for me and a mill uh, solution early off the start. Uh, playing around with like the list, because I've been trying uh, black-green all day, and I really feel like i got to bring red back into it. I really like what red has to offer in the fact of like Faithless Looting and stuff like that to do some unfair things. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as like doing the Goblin Lore thing again, uh, but... I, I like that. And then I also like just Burning Inquiry. Or what was, what's that card called? Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, Burning Inquiry. That card can just wreck people at times. Um, I don't know if you know that card. It's yeah. A, one red sorcery. Each player draws three cards and then discards three cards at random. Um, I, I really like Burning Inquiry just for the way that it kind of messes with people. Sure. Yeah. So I'm very interested at this. The one card that I haven't gotten a chance to play with, like, obviously I know what Troll does. Um, and how important that is. Uh, but my Tarmogoyf for this deck, and you could potentially play Tarmogoyf uh, if you play around with a few things, but the card that I'm most excited for to play around with in this deck is uh, Tassiger. Yeah. He's just got a big body, and he's really easy to cast. Yep. Yeah, and he can do his own thing in terms of like helping you get guys back up if you need them and that sort of thing, too. So, yeah, I can see that being an yeah. interesting card for you. Absolutely. So... Uh, I think that you got to have the lot with trolls. I like the interaction with the lot with trolls. I like what it does in the sideboard um, because uh, being able to, like, you know, you get your lot with troll and then they rush out because, you know, they're on the play. They rush out like a turn three uh, siege rhino. 
and then you discard a big game hunter to lot literal and pay one mana to blow away a siege rhino. Like you get to do things like that. That's just fun with this deck. So it sounds so sick. <laughs> if you like that, Vengeful Pharaoh. I usually play with two Vengeful Pharaohs. Are you serious? Like, Those are spicy as shit. In like creature matchups and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like they hit me with a haymaker, and the Vengeful Pharaoh kills it, and then I mill it off the top with dredge, and it's right back in the yard. Wow. So it's like, yeah, every one of your creatures that hits me gets one shot. Each of your creatures is a bolt. Wow. And then if you're playing in like a thing where it's like you're playing against like a zoo matchup with lots of creatures, you got the Vengeful Pharaohs in there. If you think they're going to be a little bit bigger, you got the big game hunter plan. And then you also have Nod of the Bone. So it's just like you trade and trade and trade, and he's hitting and he's losing all of his creatures. You keep casting yours out of your graveyard, and then you Nod of the Bone to reload, and he can't. Uh, vomit. <laughs> Well, that seems pretty good, man. I mean, what are the bad matchups? Don't you basically just fucking die to twin? Uh, twin can be bad, but you also get to play Abrupt Decay. Okay. And you get to play Dark Blast, and um, that kind of helps in a sense. That's fine, yeah. Um, you also get to play Rakdos Charm, which is kind of like the old school twin tech uh, that the deck used to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also, you know, has a little bit of an effect against Affinity as well, so you know, probably some number of Rakdos Charms and Golgari Charms. Uh, the one thing that I also like, uh, though actually the, the matchup I, I least enjoy playing against is uh, Red Green Tron. Huh. Because yeah. they just completely ignore everything you do? Uh, well, they have main deck uh, Graveyard Hate. Relic. They have main deck Small Guy Hate. Yeah. They have Worm Coil Engines. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're really <laughs> terrible for you, huh? I didn't even think about that. How do you ever beat that card? Uh, right. Big Game Hunter and just trying to go over the top. The list that I play, I like to play Slitherhead because it makes Vengevines a 5-4. Okay. Which can be a thing. Uh, but most of the time, if you play against one... What the How many cards are you playing I know, I know. It's like, well, well, see, here's the thing, KYT. There's only 18 lands in the list. <laughs> 22, and, like, cards that I'd be cutting for, like, some of the new stuff is, uh, I had Golgari Thug, the Thug goes. Um, it was nice that he was a two-drop, but if he was a zombie, he'd be a little bit better. Uh, i probably cut down some number of Dark Blasts, um, and i probably cut some of the Slitherheads, maybe one or two, and then cutting the lore and the Inquiry probably makes the most sense. And I'd be putting in, like, one or two of Tassiger, um, Become immense is probably two of, so it, it's it's going to be like I, I can't wait for six weeks from down the road when I actually get to play with Fate Reforge online and the ban list is in place, um, because then I'll get to try out some of this stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited. So I'm like going super like actually mo- mono modern. Um, I have a so this Thursday, so yeah. today since the day oh, today. Right, see, we guess we'll be hearing it today. Uh, I'm actually going to be battling modern. I have uh, one of my all-time my my now becoming infamous board meetings for my Patreon subscribers on Thursday. Oh, sweet, and Evil Beard won this week. So Evil Beard Eric Blanc will be on my stream, uh, and he wants to battle with Team Geist pre-banning version, which is fine. But the modern starts Thursday. Why can't they just like get it together? Why do they have to wait till the 29th? They're getting closer. Anyways. I'm uh, so so we're going to jam. We're going is, is, is because that's when the set like goes, I guess I guess that's when the set goes live on in Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So 
anyways, I'm uh, I'm extremely extremely excited. Uh, we at the in the team guys camp are elated about these changes. It was like I woke up at eleven o'clock, and it didn't matter how bad the day could have been going at that moment. In a moment, it turned around, and everything was amazing. I don't know what else to tell you. Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time were keeping my deck out of the format because it was tough to beat. Uh, Delver was just everywhere. Uh, like Pascal Maynard's deck was terrifying. Uh, Burn decks are basically all playing <laughs> Ancestral Recall, which is not good for us, you know? Um, I'm so excited. So excited. Who's the big winner? Who's the big winner? Who's the big winner out of this ban? Well, I think Abzan defaults to the best deck. The 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 generic like three color mid range deck. If it's Jund or it's Abzan, Abzan obviously is on the power side right now. Yeah, I think it's Abzan, um, and I think it's going to be one. I think it's going to be like slightly bigger Abzan. Uh, I don't think people should be playing Dark Confidant, but they probably will. I could see playing Dark Confidant. The problem is you want to be playing probably full books of Cedrano and Lingering Souls. Potentially, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, that's where you want to be with the format. I think you want six discard spells. I think your removal has to be some combination of um, Abrupt Decays and Path to Exiles. Maybe Dismember if you want to get cute. But, yeah, I think that's, I think that's basically what you should be expecting. But they'll have all sorts of, like, they'll play Tech Edges. They'll be Fulminator Mages in the sideboard. They'll be playing uh, Tarmogoyfs and... Rhinos and oozes probably in some number. Um, I mean, they might even play some angels, which could be cute. You but. know, it, it, it's it's very interesting because like it's it's so many decks that like had kind of gone into hiding that are going to come back. Like Living Death. Sure, Living Death is a real thing. My foiled out restore balance list might be worth taking the dust off of. Jesus Christmas. Um, <laughs> Like just like stupid little cards like that that did not help that there was a lot of Delver running around and didn't help that you had like again the infinite sideboarding of a pod deck. Yeah. Um, I really feel like Robots is now out from underneath uh, the Orzov Pontiff, so they've got to be feeling really good. True. Uh, I although think Infect is also a lot, in that of, boat, but... lot of lingering souls that they're going to run into. Yeah, I think Infect is also in that boat, by the way. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's still to happen. Uh, it'll be super amazing to see how it all shakes out. But uh, I'm like, I'm like uber excited, absolutely. And and I, the thing that made me just the only thing that soured my day was reading a lot of the posts from the naysayers on Twitter today. Like Twitter was very polarized, and yeah. if, if you were sort of paying any attention. There were two very clear... There were actually three camps of people. The one camp of people was, uh, this is fucking awesome! And then there was one school of people which were like, the sky is falling, I'm selling my decks. Most of them were pod people. Um, and then the other ha- the other third were like, yeah, what else did you expect? Like, most obvious sets of bands ever. So, I don't know, I was just... I was really put off by... Uh, how sour a lot of the people were. Um, there are people that are like bagging on the format and just, you know, I, oh, God, it just made me want to vomit. So I, <laughs> I unfollowed a bunch of people today on Twitter. Like, I, I haven't, I haven't gone through like an, un, I haven't been so upset by somebody, <laughs> by like people on Twitter for some time. And 
I couldn't do it anymore today. Like I, I finally just hit the snap unfollow button and I was just like, I'm done. I'm just so done. So done? So done. Yeah, it's for me for me, like it's hard for me to put myself in their shoes. I don't have a emotional or a rarely I have an emotional or financial attachment to the decks that I play. Uh, not that I borrow, so I actually own decks and if they banned uh, like when they manned Mind Sculptor, that hurt a little. Um, so like I'm just like, yeah, just tell me what I need to do to prepare for the Pro Tour. That's that's what my main focus was. And regardless of what the changes was, I I was like, yeah, whatever. Whatever they're gonna do is what they feel is best for the game, and uh that's it. Yeah. So now you have to figure out what you're gonna play for the Pro Tour. Yeah. I mean isn't that coming up for you like soon? When's the Pro Tour? Is it? <laughs> is it really? It's, uh, yeah, it's in it's three weekends from now. So it's like in roughly exactly three weeks. Oh. Roughly exactly. Um, uh, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> roughly exactly, kinda. Put <laughs> it here first. <laughs> Have you already got all of your like travel arrangements and all that stuff already taken care of? Uh, most of them, yes. Cool. Um, so I haven't, I haven't, we, we sort of like, like I said, I, I didn't really want to test too much. Like on the show, I talked about how I just messed around with like Blue Red Delver a bit here and there, but with the bannings, like, you know, I talked with people who tested for the last Pro Tour and the bannings basically reset all their testing to zero. Yep. And Jess, you know, she was training with Pod, yeah. went to Omaha with Pod, and was confident that there was a good chance it wasn't going to be banned, but now her training resets to zero um, as well. So looking into it, of course, Team Geist is a deck I'm looking at because it's one that sort of gains the most. Um, it's interesting that, that Jared talked about his deck being weak to Tron decks because if, if this junk type of deck is going to become enemy number one, Tron, uh, at least historically, usually preys on junk Jund type decks. Uh, so that's interesting. Maybe we'll see a, a resurgence of Trine decks in, in the future. I'm also looking at, as as for personal brewing, talking to my local folks, um, oh. interesting in Blackway tokens, actually. Interesting <sighs> in <laughs> adding the mentor, testing him out. And, you know, one of my friends is really high on the new, like, black life drain Hellrider type card. So oh, I don't know so if it's playable. I don't know if he's actually playing. Well, like Scott's sighing a lot, um, but uh, no, no. Hold on. So, to out. be fair, Black White Tokens does get better with this banning. <laughs> to to be fair, right? Yeah. So he's being fair. I just I wish he would play a better deck, but oh, why why does um, it get better as someone that is not as familiar with modern as you are? Because Pod could search Pontiff and just own you. That. Yeah, that's one of them. I mean, like, you don't really race the Delver deck all that well either, right? Like, they go as wide as you do, but they've got burn for your face, kill your guys, and they just, like, the, right, the burn right. decks can get can just go over the top. Like, there's, I don't know, it's it's fine. It's got fairly good matchups, but it doesn't... So here's the problem I have with black Right tokens on the surface, okay? You don't actually have any card advantage engines. So like, right. fundamentally, this is the problem that I have with the decks. And so here's here's the issue. Like, this is what turned the corner for me in modern as a format. Okay, is that I refuse to play decks any longer 
when where I don't have um, card like access to library manipulation or card draw. Like I just I just won't like those straight linear decks like black white tokens as powerful as they may be in some scenarios and you can just go off and there are these some draws that are insane. Um, I won't do it anymore just because the modern format is so powerful and the cards individually are so powerful and, and they can be like granted a lot of them can be so narrow, right? But they're narrow because they're focused on accomplishing a specific thing. Okay. Like celestial purge, right? It's in modern. And it's an extremely efficient and powerful answer to black and red permanence. But it is fucking terrible against the rest of the field, right? So Mm -hmm. you really want to be able to do your best to... There's so many different decks in the format that you really want access to as many of those cards as possible. So Birthing Pod is the best example of that because you just played 35 sideboard cards. But um, that's not around anymore. So you have to look at some other options. I play, I just I played black white tokens. I played the green stompy decks and all that sort of shit, and they just left me so unfulfilled. You know, there'll be these times where you draw the wrong end of your deck, and you just want to scream. So I want better for you. That's all. That's all he wants. Just better. Sure. You like the black Hellrider? Do I like the black Hellrider? I don't know if he's modern playable, but I like the black Hellrider. <laughs> sweet sweet so like the testing really starts like this uh actually tomorrow but uh you know with with the limited portion being a big part and being the first three rounds that's going to be like the strong focus um right now to get as many drafts as possible because like like gp ottawa i day two'd uh, was basically two wins away from from top eighting, but uh, didn't just didn't draft enough to like. I always learned something, even really late in the season, even after winning my uh, PTQ in M15. Just like there's always something, just even that little thing, like you, that changes my slight pick decision between one card and another card. Um, I, I just changed my mind a lot um, just after drafting one more time. So hoping to get as many as possible and to get as good as possible. Hopefully I start 3-0 and I'm able to tweet that. Maybe beat Ben Stark in round three. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Take him down. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so uh, so super exciting stuff on the horizon. I'm uh, I'm very glad that you get to... I'm I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. You get to you get to kind of you know break ground on the new modern. I'm I'm pretty excited for you. So, yeah, I uh, I'm really anxious to find out how things go. Everybody's super excited that I've been talking to that are getting ready to play the format, and that's that's really good for a change because everybody that I talked to that was playing modern before were pr- unless you were playing birthing pod were pretty unhappy with the format, the way it was heading with Delver. So glad to see the wizards kind of fixed it because it was broken before. And now it isn't. <sighs> Sigh. So we all played uh, pre-releases this weekend. Cool. So mine was probably the best ever. So you all can go first. I'd hate to shame the rest of you into, wow, I can't believe I told my story and yours was that good. 
So, by all means, who wants to go first? Uh, uh, well, yeah, mine was pretty shitty, so maybe... Yeah, go! <laughs> okay. Um, I was still in Ottawa spending time with my dad, so I, I came back to Montreal Saturday afternoon. Um, there was there was a pre-release, local pre-release at a place called Manards at 6 p.m. I played that. Pascal's? No, no, no. <laughs> it's, uh... It's not his. This is in, in the South Shore, but so Menard's Menard spelled differently too. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand the, uh, the confusion. I I, I picked Jeskai <laughs> just because. Uh, you got a Jeskai? No, no, I I took. Yeah, yeah, I took, like I you, you got to play yeah. Jeskai. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't though, sold out at your location. It wasn't sold well, out. I, so I took, it cause, took it because took it because PV said it was like the best. Yeah, plus uh, the best chance to open money. Originally, I had um, I opened two of of uh, the blue. I kept calling him the Asian fucker, <laughs> the double striker, the, the double striker. I opened two of them. Like one of them was was the foil was in the seated pack, and uh, the other one I just opened normally. At first, I, I had this blue red deck that didn't look really good, but ended up with uh, white blue and had white blue splash red. Of course, Jeskai, but mainly focused on on the two colors because. You're, you're less land fixing, I felt, okay. uh, because you had more. Uh, I don't know if that even makes sense, but you have less gold cards, but less incentive to like really stretch your mana. And uh, it was very to- token oriented because I had Jeskai Charm, I had um, the pump spell that goes plus two plus one to all your warriors, lifelink, raid oh, yeah. of the battle, or whatever. And the new common, the new sick common, white common, the two one where you can put a one one spirit. So I was able to go really wide, and I had a bunch of prowess. Jeskai Sage, the two two, the new white two two vigilance guy, uh, followed with like a lot of the blue three mana make a morph, uh, make a manifest. So my deck didn't have super, didn't have a lot of power, power in terms of power rares. But was, just was able to overwhelm them with tokens and finish them off with Jeskai Charm, like one. Every time I cast it, they're just like, "Whoa, that's that's too sick." Um, <laughs> well, I all finished finished four one, lost to. I tweeted about this to Whisperwood Elemental when, like, I read it for the first time when he played it. And I'm just like, "Wow," it's like it almost <laughs> felt like uh-huh. losing losing the pack rat again. Yeah, like, makes a two two every turn that okay. that might not even. Be a tutu. It could just be like a, another fucking bomb. So it was like, what? There's there's another card that's just like that, and it's that white enchantment uh, for white and three that allows. So whenever you flip up a creature, it's a rare. Whenever you flip up a creature, uh, you gain a life. But you can also just pay four mana and manifest the top card of your library. Yeah, it's it, literally pack rat. It's insane. Yeah, I was able to beat that card from someone because my token deck was fast enough. Um. While Whisperwood Elemental is like turn five, bam, and I'm like, oh god, and I'm tapped out. Yeah. So even if I had an answer, he already has value for it. Uh, um, so it was gross. So I, I sat down pretty grossed out, and you know he, he played pretty well. Um, and uh, his deck was able to have not only that, but like Savage Knuckle Blade along with other good cards. So I was jealous. Um, and then I played one on Sunday, lost in the finals. Uh, decided to take Teamer because this time Jessica was sold out. And uh, a black green base just because I had a lot of black removal, the two damage, a uh, dowsing gloom. Yeah. Two damage to the new Farika's Cure, basically. Yep. Uh, did not have 
what I felt was important is like I needed removal spells, which I didn't have to kill things that were five power. Because ultimately in game three, I lost to the 5 5 green white dragon, 5 5 bolster two. And there's nothing in my deck that kills that. That's really good. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially in the colors, because there's like the 4-4 the, the four, four dragon in green at Uncommon is really good, too. That card's really good as well. Yeah. Really, really good. So when you're able to like have like double up or get a bunch of the Uncommon dragons going with that card, it's really busted. Yeah, so I, I was like, wow, like, maybe it's just I didn't open enough removal or I didn't uh, wasn't creative enough to sort of go into white and maybe see if I had a bunch of Sandblast or something. Uh, but I felt my removal, the ones I opened were really bad. At least. I had Thousand Gloom and I had um, the thing, the fight thing, the green black fight where it's the toughness that fights, but it's like, while well, it's a 5 5, turn 5, it becomes a 7 7. Yeah. I, it's already too late. Like, I don't have a guy that big. We call, so we call that card butt fight. <laughs> butt yeah, fight? Yeah, it's butt fight. I'm like, I'm already too late. So, well, that was the issue. And, and, uh, but it was able to go like 4 1 again. So, pretty happy with my performance overall. Yeah. Uh, I thought other people were just making really, really greedy builds that allowed me to have a lot of, in terms of their mana base, a lot, a huge edge. So, happy I won packs because I get to draft this week and train for the Pro Tour. So, that's, that's, was the important part. Nice, man. Good. That was it. My, my boring one. Next up, Jer. Jay. 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 No, he's Jay. Jay. You only played one round. Tell. All right, fine. Uh, so I was doing coverage for uh, the Tri-Store area, which was um, Trilogy, Sentry Box, and uh, Phoenix. They combined to, along with um, T.O. Extraordinaire, Jason Ness, to do like another regional, like a big regional pre-release, which we haven't seen in Calgary for a very long time. Um, so, And that was really good. But I, I ended up showing up a little bit early. So I decided, well, fuck it. I'm just gonna, um, I'm just gonna like, I'll I'll jump into this fucking pre-release and see how how long I have to play and kind of thing. So um, I showed up a little bit early. Uh, ended up um, only the only thing available was like Mardu, which I'm like not excited about. So I said, fucking, I guess I'll play it. And then I went to go build my pool, and I had like, I had some removal, Grace, right? Uh, but all the removal costs five, so I was like, eh. Then I, what else happened? I like, I had three of those removal cards that cost five. So then I play those. I'm like, okay, those are five drops. Then I have two uncommon uh, dragons, six drops. Oh, okay, I'll play those. Then I have Pony Brigade, five drops. Ah, sure, I'll play that. Then I have Mardu Rhino that makes it so you can't block. Yeah, that's a five drop. I'll play that guy. Fuck it. Uh, in my seated pack, I open the guy that when he attacks, he lets you put a copy of a attacker into play. <laughs> yeah. The dash guy. That guy is fucking bonkers. Like, I would single-handedly probably want, other than Mythics and stuff, I'd probably want that card in every deck that I, in every draft that I open, I want to open that guy. Wow. He's fucking bonkers. Like, I'm playing, so I'm playing like the greediest build of all time, right? And in round one, I play this fucking guy, and I won't say his name because I fucking hate him, and I don't know if he listens to the show. And, I mean, he knows who he is now if he does listen to the show, but I'm people, he's, <laughs> notorious, he's notorious in the city. So if people don't know him, no problem. If people I do know, know him, I, I would know him, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Like if people do know, if people do know him, they'll know who I'm talking about anyway, right? It's a big deal. So, anyways, uh, uh, there's so many people notorious. He's like, he's like just being like like the sweatiest neckbeard fedora Jobin possible. And I'm like, oh yeah, like uh, I guess I keep him all the all the six and keep like two six drops, a five drop, and three lands. Like I guess I keep that, whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm okay with that. And then I'm like. You know, he gets me down to, like, nine life or something. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably just going to kill me. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm po- totally okay with that. That'd be sweet. Uh, so I'm like, uh, okay, like, whatever. Um, and then he is like, I don't know, I play, like, Pony Brigade or whatever. And he he's like, oh, you got your, your card or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And then I dash out my guy and make just infinite... I'm at, like, seven life by this point. He has, like, two tower sieges. Not tower siege. What's the white one? Citadel siege? Yeah. Which is, like, the bonkers siege. It's so good. And it's a four drop, and it activates the turn you play it, because you can just play it first main. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, he, like, he, like, gets me to five life or something with this thing, but I play Pony Brigade, and then I have the dasher, and instead of... This is the thing, I don't... I, I don't really know what you're supposed to block, but if it was me... And I was had a way to kill the dash guy. I would block the dash guy, but he doesn't block the dash. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, whatever, don't block him. Then. Uh, so we're we're playing. I eventually, yeah, I kill him because he has no way to get past my five uh, drop removal, along with infinite goblins from Pony Brigade, <laughs> who I just keep copying every single turn until he has no creatures left and. Uh, I then start copying Mardu Rhino, and it's why. So now I have two guys that make it so you can't block. So you're dead. You're just dead. And uh, so he dies, and he's like kind of upset about that. And then I'm going onto my sideboard, and I'm like, wow, this deck fucking sucks, and these cards are fucking garbage. And I can't believe that I'm going to beat this guy with this garbage deck and then scoop to him because I have to go do coverage in 10 minutes. Uh, so I we end up playing, and the same exact thing happens. He has even a better start. And he is ranching me. And somehow I'm just, like, I'm, like, getting cards that I need. Like, every single time I need a card, I'm, like, off the top. And then it's off the top. And he gets the <laughs> Citadel or whatever it's called. And he gets, like, a dragon. And she's just going off. He's just ranching me. And I'm at three fucking life. And I get Pony Brigade. <laughs> so I'm, like, yeah, I play this Pony Brigade. But I care. Make three guys. He's, like, well, I hope you don't have the Dasher. And I'm, like. Hey, 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 And I don't have it, right? Of course not. But then I draw it! Oh, no. <laughs> he makes goblins. And he's like, this is fucking great. You did the exact same thing last time. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually like a really great combo. And uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's actually working like really well. This is what my deck does, right? And he's like, you're at five! I'm like, yeah, that's what it does. It just lulls you. And then, you know, knocks you right out of there. Right out of the park, right? It's like, ugh. And then, so we're playing, we're playing, and I beat him again, finally getting my rhinos. And, uh, (laughs) he's, like, so fucking mad, right? And so, I'm like, well, whatever, buddy, like, just relax your time here. And he, I'm like, it's all good, I have to go do coverage, I scoop to you. He's like, what? Really? I'm like, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's like a pre-release. It's like, well, you know, I was thinking of it, man. I'm like, I don't even want to hear about wow. about it, man. You have two Citadel sieges. 
you have like three dragons in your deck, and I'm playing fucking Pony Brigade as my bomb, okay? Pony Brigade. So, I don't want to hear that shit. And, uh, and then, yeah, that was the one match of, of Magic I got to play Saturday in the pre-release. It was super fun. Like, I, I don't know, like, how fun it's going to be. Like, draft is, what, two, two cons, one fate, or the other way around? Two cons, one fate. But it's yeah. one, but it's one fate, two cons? Yeah, in that order, right. yeah. yeah. One fate, right. two cons. So, like, I, I would prefer if it was the other way around. I think this set just seems a lot more fun than double cons. And, and like, because you got four, it wasn't three, three. It was, like, four fate reforged or whatever. That seems just, like, that just seemed, like, a little bit more fun to me. Um, because the cards, like, they want you, I know they want you to play with the new cards anyway, but, um, like, the, the cards just seem more fun. Like, I don't know, it was, like, cool to have, like, uncommon dragons. And, um, you know, it was, like, I don't know, just... The the dash mechanic seems a lot more fun than the other mechanics from the other set and stuff. So, um, but yeah, so that was kind of how the pre-release that I did went. And then I did uh, coverage, streaming coverage, with um, Tyler, GP winner Tyler Bloom. Tyler Bloom, yep. Yeah, and he had a great, we actually, together, we had a great time. I, I don't know if any of you guys watched it, I assume you didn't, but we had like a really good time. Um, we, we meshed really well together and, uh, we both just kind of enjoyed it and did, I think we did a really good job. It was really fun. And, um, um, he actually has since texted me and asked me, uh, he wants to start streaming like on his own, similar to like how Magic Pros and Scotty and I with Dota I'm doing. So he's actually tweeted me and said like, look, I need, I need help streaming. You need to tell me what to do to stream. So I'll probably just direct him to you. But, uh, <laughs> okay. You know. Sure. Um, but yeah, so, so like we had a really good time. The tournament was really fun. Um, out of the five, we did the main event. So out of the five rounds in the main event that we did coverage for, um, four of the people did interviews with us. Nice. The, the champion, the con of Fate Reforged, didn't want to. Um, he Ooh. was a little... Nervous, I think. Um, Nervous or douchey? Well, no, he he seemed like a totally uh, regular guy. He was a beard sexual. He Sorry, seemed what? like a, one of those hipster guys, but that's like really into beard culture, like as if beards never existed. You oh, know what okay. I'm saying? Sure. Um, he, so he seemed he seemed fine. He just I was like, hey man, like you won, great job. It was a great match. We had a really great time casting you. Um, like we normally do winners with the or I mean interviews with the winners. Um. And you're like the grand champion five oh, like do you want to come and talk about your deck and talk about the set and blah 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 and he's like uh, I'm kinda like really like not and he's like I can't remember if he's like shaken up or jittery or something about it. But so he like just didn't want to I think for him it was just like this seemed like he was a pretty casual guy and he probably just didn't expect to go five oh and he's playing like some really good matches and stuff. So that's what it seemed like to me, anyway. Hmm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we had a, we had like a really great kind of back and forth with a lot of different people. The interviews like ended up being really good for the ones that did do them. Yeah, we basically I think that was it. We we only did five rounds. There was a lot of events. Um, there was like oh man, there was like drafts and 
Shields firing left, right, and center, two-headed giants. But unfortunately, somehow, the two-headed giant didn't get enough uh, people to fire. How is that even possible? That's what I said. Like, I guess, and this is the thing, because there was three stores, um, it, like, it, it was weird because there were so many people there, but they were, like, so many people that were like wanting to play the I think the main events and stuff like cuz this was the, basically like the the main their main main event right so then I think like they just kind of thought like um it would it would happen anyway kind of thing like, yeah they, i've always found that two headed giant fires when there's no other option yeah like i don't know why like like and like to be honest like i fall into the same boat like i've only done the two headed giant at a free release once it was at the M15 one with cast uh and it was like the greatest, like pre-release experience of my life. It's really big giant here. It's really, really big here. It's like way, and 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 it's way better. Like two at a giant pre-release is so good. Yeah. Um, it's so much more fun. Plus the fact that you get to play with, um, like plus the fact that you get to play with so many more cards. Yeah. Like you're playing with you're playing with so many more cards of the new set. Like it doesn't matter if you open shit or not. You just get to see so many more cards than you uh like than before so um why not do it right but yeah it's like jeremy said like it just always seems for some reason like it's like the last option that people play with it um so it didn't fire so they ended up just playing like a bunch of different like i said rounds and stuff of different kind of seals and drafts and stuff and we didn't do coverage for any of those just because like, that's pretty difficult to do um and we weren't really signed up for that either like that was kind of not what we agreed to and i was actually i agreed to do this a long time ago and it was before i knew like it was before we'd seen even a single card from this set so um i'm actually a little bit disappointed mainly because uh this set like looks and the one round that i played seemed really fun and so i really wish i would have been able to play more than one round of it especially now that like you'll never be able to play sealed again um, like I could, you know, I could play my own sealed or something at it home. It sealed me happen with the RPTQs. Yeah, but I'm not probably going to go to any of those. I think I've kind of resigned myself to being too old for that shit. You know, I'm Danny Glover. <laughs> Get too old for this. Yeah, like I just, I just don't see myself tra- like winning a, a an RPTQ. I mean, winning a PPTQ to go to an RPTQ when I can't even really like, I can't really like. Everyone's asking me to go to GP. Vancouver because they'll drive which sounds like shit that's like 15 hours but uh it'll basically be free and it'll just be like a free road trip with bros and it's still just like road trip it's still it's still just like too expensive for me to go to even that and it's basically free well you know what i i, I we're gonna digress just a little bit but you know the the, the pre-teaks that are coming up next regions have already been determined and right. edmonton gets the western canadian rptq for next season Right. Okay. So that's pretty close. You might as well play it for that. Yeah, like, I mean, the thing, the thing too, is just, like, I mean, if it's sealed, like, maybe I would, but it's, like, I'm driving, like, a fair ways away. To, like, I'm not, I don't have any illusions of winning these things. So, um, it's, like, it'd be, like, a fun bro trip, but it's, like, it's similar to, um, to kind of continue on your path. It's similar to Vegas. So, I, me and Megan are talking, like, really seriously about Vegas. But, uh, my wife has tagged into Vegas. Yeah, and like this is the thing. So I've gotten some information 
I don't know if you guys are aware of the information that I've gotten, but it's basically um, about our accommodations. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I'm basically in the same exact boat, which sounds perfect to me. That sounds mm-hmm. like what exactly what I want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just gotta um, get down there. Yeah. The issue that I have is that um, it's like an extremely expensive trip for the two of us to basically hang out with my friends, which I'm struggling with. On one hand, I think that's very important. I think it's those are some of the best trips you're ever going to have in your whole life. Like my wedding, where you and KYT came down with my, um, like with my my all my best friends, my and and that was like the best trip ever, right? Yep. It would have been nice if we could have played a little bit of magic. Like I would have loved to cube while you guys were there. Um, but you know, not into the world, or at least done something. It wasn't so whirlwind. Like even go to a movie or something, you know. Um, but like it's fine. But I and then like Portland was the same. Like Portland, I went to the GP and stuff, but I didn't really care about that at all. Um, it was basically just hanging out with buds, right? Um, so I just. I'm struggling with the fact that it's expensive hangout with Bud's trip, right? Yep. But at the same time, these are the best trips ever, and I'll regret it if I don't go. That. But it's like, fuck, like, we could, I'm sure, because we're, I'm sure we could find a cheaper alternative, or I'm sure we could, I could, I don't know, like, do it at another time when the money's there kind of thing. But then it's like, well, is it ever, like, you know what I mean? I'm getting old. Sure. So yeah, so it's like uh, it's kind of the same thing with the Edmonton PTs and stuff. It's like I would love to go up there and stuff, but it's like I don't have any uh, like illusions about actually winning or playing in this, like playing well in this thing. I don't have like any expectation. I mean, I'll try. I'll still go and try, but I'm like I'm not. I don't expect to get anything out of it. So then, if like effectively, I wait around all day while my friends that are playing for real play in it. And then we like maybe cube maybe or maybe everyone just wants to draft or go and eat you know what I mean? And then I'm just like going to Edmonton to play in a PBTQ. But I'm not really going to play in the PBTQ. I'm going to hang out with my friends and they're doing something else, right? Like I, I in that regard, I might as well just pick a different weekend to come hang out with with Jeremy and and Doug and have a cube weekend, mm-hmm. right? Because because for me it's the exact same like. Yeah, but that's the thing is you scrub out, you get a free like super rubber Uber foil card for your cube. That's true. And then you get to do the same shit. Yeah, that's very true. You know, like that that's that's the beautiful thing about magic tournaments. We all go there to succeed together and then we all fail together. And then we all drink together. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All those things are true. So But yeah, so I'm I'm just trying to we're just trying to like I'm just trying to like kind of figure that Art out like the pre-releases are really fun, uh, and I, it's interesting because I I love doing the casting. Like me and me and uh, Tyler had a great time, and we both said that we would both do it again with each other. Um, I actually would be like really excited for people if anyone watched that I know for people to tell me what they thought, uh, because it like we I think we did a really I think we did a, a good job, and and I would like to know how we sounded together kind of thing. Like, I don't know, it was just fun. But then, like, I would love to play in, like, pre-releases and stuff at the same time, you know? Still, with, like, these new cool cards and shit. They are cool cards. 
Yeah, like this this new set seems really sweet. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I really like it anyway. I think it's super fun. Yep, I agree. Um, which is interesting from to hear from Jay because you know it's um, extremely interesting to hear from Jay because Jay hates everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I uh, no, Jay. I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I'm trying to reconcile uh, Vegas financially myself. So I totally hear where you're coming from with that. And you know what it is very much the, the, what I keep telling myself is that it's magic Mecca this year. Yes. You know, like it is the event that everyone's going to be at and not being at it seems like it's terrible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm understanding where you're coming from. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Um, But yeah, it's like, it's fifteen hundred bucks for me. Yeah, like it's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Sorry, did I say fifteen? Like, I meant like my 18. wife. My wife wants to go. Yeah, and that's but easy. like at the same time, like, are we going to be hanging out with our wives? It's Magic Mecca. Why are we bringing our wives? Like, because it's Vegas, and they're going to go do it exactly. they want. Right? Yeah, yeah. there'll but be girly things to do, yeah, and our wives can all like, hang out and be best friends. That yeah, would, and God, I want, can you imagine? I want that yeah, a lot. we all want that. The problem that I have with that is that that costs infinity dollars. Like yeah. that's adding more. Like. That's adding more price to that trip. Like now it's just a like, and I, I talked about this in a different episode, right? Where now it's just a Vegas vacation for them, whereas for us it's Magic Mix. So it's like, well, like what if they just went on a different girls' trip? Is it the same? Is it not? Is it how does it? You know what I mean? Like how does it affect that? And then it's like, um, I want Megan to come. I want her to meet everybody and become best friends with everyone and everything. But then it's like that's really expensive to just go to Vegas. Fuck, we could go to like. We could go and rent a cabin. We could go to fucking Mexico for less money than it'll cost all of us to go there. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, when when I was in Mexico with my in-laws for three weeks, it cost us roughly the... It'll, it cost us easily less than it would cost the eight of us to go down to yeah. Vegas. So, yeah, it's like Magic Mecca and stuff. But then it's like, for me, I just struggle with, like, well, the amount of money that we're all spending just so our wives can even go is, you know, a lot of money. But, but we're going because of Magic Mecca. Like, it just, you know what I mean? Yeah, but there's one thing that we're forgetting is that we get a chance to sit down with the guys from Heavy Meta and finally show them that we're better Magic players than them. Oh, I mean... And that's, that's invaluable, so... Oh I mean, God. I don't think anybody... Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That was the gauntlet. <laughs> Jesus Christmas. I've met them in both in person and played Magic with both of them. There's no doubt in my mind, literally anybody else on the planet is better at Magic than them. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I would never take them in a team draft. Wow. <laughs> I would never take them in like if we do a Vegas uh pool, uh like instead of the pro tour, you know, we, but we pick like like heavy meta guys versus and like Jobins, we just pool everybody and then we have to pick people to see who will do better, but we can't pick anybody known like KYT, right? Like we can't pick like real people. We have to pick like, you know, the underdog. Kind of yeah, that's because they don't have any real people in their cast. Right. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> TSG's on there now. He's not terrible, I don't think. And um, I don't think. I've never seen him play. But I don't, I don't know. I'm undefeated in, against him in Cube on his own Cube. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gumby's, Gumby's good. Raging Gumby's good. Dave, Dave's, Dave's a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's fair. KYT, for sure. Yeah, okay. For sure he is. They went out and got some rainers for this. They did. They did. But yeah, like I, I would, I think it would be really cool to pick that. Like who? Like I don't know who any of these guys are, but it'd be like sweet if it was like, oh, one hundred percent has to happen. 
like a fantasy draft, right? Like I draft Jeff Woods. Who drafts fucking Maddie? Probably no one. The guy doesn't even stay in the same hotel or like be Airbnb houses that he books. No, I, I'm not thinking like who does better at the GP. I think we have like a side tournament. Yeah, that would be sweet. I would play in that. I think we have a side tournament. I think we cast the side tournament, and I think one of the categories is a A team member and a, uh, a heavy meta member in the booth at the same time, and the people vote for who did better in the booth. Could you imagine like watching sports? trying to set the other person up to fail while casting? Games. Mean, like, could you could you imagine like watching sports and like one of the casters is for the Packers and one is for the Patriots? <laughs> Could you imagine watching that shit? That would be fucking so entertaining. Exactly. Like, I, this is a brilliant situation coming up. We have, like, the opportunity to do something amazing. Yeah. That's what has to happen. Like, we, we set it up good. Like, we do, like, actual magic, and then we do booze cube. Like, we, we just... And we stream the thing. And maybe we have, like, a host or something like that. Like, someone who's, like... Super awesome, but kind of in the middle. Uh, I would say Slick, because he's awesome, but I think he's a little too, you know, SVU. Uh, well, but... this, this is the problem you're going to run into with this idea. The, the SVU is very passionate about being SVU. So, like, for example, when we were in Portland, there was a reason that there was a kid's house and an adult's house. That's... They were both good for different reasons. But there was a reason that there was like the kids like not playing magic, can't organize shit house, and the adults just want a cube and sip out of their snifters house. You know what I mean? I love that the adults' house is the one that wants to play magic. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yikes! All what? I can, all I can keep saying about this is yikes. I know, but it's brilliant. Yikes! The only only thing I could see going bad is that if anyone from Wizards watches it, you may not get invited to do anything else for them, Scotty. <laughs> that's pretty <very> true. <laughs> so that would be my only like, uh, you know. I guess I should really be aware of my brand in this scenario, huh? Yeah, like Helen said that she can't, she can't uh, go to their parties she, anymore. Yeah, because they're too crazy anymore. Oh, she went to the first Vegas one, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I saw pictures. Yeah. So. We'll see, I guess. Wow. Uh... Yeah, so, like, I'd be down for that for sure. Let's make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. I don't know if it would actually ever happen, you know? It would have to happen. But I'm down for that. Like, like, this is the thing that I'm saying. I don't give a shit about GP Vegas at all. You'd be lucky if I I've learned from the Portland like from Kevy last time and from TSG last time. Uh, I like you'd be hard like why even go to the tournament site if you're not gonna if you don't care about the actual GP. Um, I might go because it's Modern Masters two. Like I might go just to get the, the product and open it. But I would rather even just go. Everybody drops and then everybody like um, goes and drafts at home. It's much more fun. Mm. So I would go for sure to Cube and hang out with bros and stuff. The other thing is, like, when you're all at a GP, you're not hanging out with your bros anyway. You're like, I'm seeing you in between rounds, and you're either listening to me talk about my losses or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, but for the art of the bad beat story is, you know, kind of part of the process. Yeah, I do like that, but I don't like that. That's like saying, like, the art of Tarantino is watching his terrible movies. <laughs> um, if you don't like it, you don't like it, right? Like, 
Like when when uh, when Scott came to GP Calgary, it was super awesome. But the best part was not fucking sitting beside him in the VIP section. The best part was when we were driving around and singing karaoke, and going for Chinese food, and you know what I mean. The so first round on day two. Yeah, exactly. Chinese food. Like, there's a reason I didn't show up for day two, and partly it was because I was hammered, but partly it was also because fucking who cares? Oh you man, know? I played a terrible deck. <laughs> You really did play a terrible deck. You should actually just be like 100% ashamed of yourself. Oh, it was awesome. Awesome, huh? Oh, that, yeah. That's what you're going with. Awesome. That's what I'm going with. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I don't know. Vegas uh, is going to be something that's going to be super interesting. We'll see how it all shakes out, I guess. But uh, I hope we can all make it work. I really do. Yeah, me too. Because it would be nothing but exciting to see you guys there. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. be there myself. So we'll just have to... And, and beat up on the guys from Heavy Meta. I absolutely. mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. No. Um, I played in a pre-release. Yeah, oh, yeah. and... And... Uh, yeah, so I was looking at it, uh, I had the weekend off, and I was looking at the schedule and trying to figure out all the things I need to do, because I finally have a date to get my house. Yes! Uh, and that means I have three sets of days off in between now and then, and one of those sets of days off I'm going to uh, San Jose for the Team Sealed. So it means we had to get some stuff done. So looking at it, the only thing I could play was the midnight pre-release. Ooh, midnights. Yeah. Oh, you're man. Not a, you're not a young buck anymore. Yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like the whole, oh, yeah, I usually get up at 4.30 in the morning. I can stay up all night. Yep. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I get there, play with my Friday Night Magic, uh, have fun with playing Friday Night Magic. Because uh, we always draft. That's all we do. And then uh, took a little time in between there. I don't know what we did. I think we just played, like, random bad magic. Uh, and then uh, midnight came. So I had actually driven out there first thing in the morning and locked down a Jeskai because I wanted to try out Jeskai. And I was hoping to like get all kinds of crazy cards. Uh, a card I really wanted to get was the uh, the red guy that you draw two cards and then you give them to your opponent. Oh, yeah. So, so you could play him with the sack bolt? Uh, potentially. Okay. A few different things to do with him, but I just I thought the card was very powerful. The fact that you... Whenever you see like cards like that, it it always feels like you have to give them the cards first. Like if you think of a Howling Mine, they get the extra card first, so you're always behind on it. Whereas this guy is neat in the sense that you are ahead on it. You oh get... man, and there's we're talking about Humble Defector. Yes, Humble Defector. There's, this card is so good all weekend. This is me and Tyler's favorite card. This and uh, Arcbound. Yeah, yeah, that card's so. There dope. are two like highlight of the night, like the top, the, like oh, and welcome to the MTG top ten moments of Humble Defector and Arcbound, and it was it would easily be top ten clips of that. Like it, every time someone played these cards, we went nuts. Yeah, so Humble Defector is so so good. Like we not to Bogart your conversation here. I know, no, you go Bogart. Yeah, we. It is the Maltese Falcon. That's right. We went into this format thinking. Is this card good? Is it? Yeah. Is it? It's... it's fucking bonkers. There's so many cards in the set that get around his quote-unquote drawback. 
Yeah. That it's like we saw a, a round with neuroscientist uh, doctor Ted the Iceman Sloan. Oh. So married. Uh, by the way, let's just get his whole pedigree out there. I don't think he's an Esquire yet, and I don't actually know what that means, but I don't think he's <laughs> that yet. Anyways, he goes, he's playing against Sean Hetherington in the 4 0 match. And he goes, he goes, humble defector. Uh, and then, like, like he goes, tap on the defector to draw two cards. And then, un- like, he uses the untap draw card card on it to yep. draw three cards. Then tap it to draw two more cards. And in response, uh, Hetherington has to Jeskai charm it to the top of his library. So he only draws two cards instead of five. And then Hetherington doesn't get it back. He just plays it again. Who cares? I drew five cards. You drew no cards. It's so good. Then we're watching in round one, Ivan, Ivan Boulette. He uh, plays it, goes to draw the two cards. The, his opponent's like, yeah, that's fine. I want to draw two cards too. Ivan Boulette collateral damages it. Yeah. Sacrifice a creature, bolt you. Kills his blocker, attacks him for three. In that turn, he drew three cards, did like three damage to a defender, and three to the face. To the face. To be fair, he had to discard a card to do that. Oh, shucks. No, he didn't. Yeah, he discarded the collateral. No, you sacrificed your guy, don't you? Yeah, 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 but it's, my point is, is that... You're still up a card. You're, still, oh. you're, you're down yeah. to one card. Like You drew three, yeah. but you had to get rid of one. Yeah, but still. You drew three, you got rid of one, he got rid of one, and you faced him. And you faced him. Fucking, you know, how do you like that? Ah! Face. It was so good. I think it's a really great design that you can only use the ability on your turn. Uh, yeah, I think that if it was, if it didn't say that, I think it might be too, like, it would oh, give yeah. you, I don't think it would be too good, I just think it would give you a lot of feel-bads. Well, I think that it would just really, yeah, there would be a lot of feel-bads, and it would just make the card, like... Like, because you, you do what? Much. Like, your opponent, says, your opponent says, go, you go, end of turn, tap this guy, so then your opponent gets a tapped guy, like, so he can't even block with it. Right? Well, yeah, or the other thing is it turns into a blocker plus, so it turns into like a blocker plus draw two cards. Exactly. So, like, there's that. But also, yeah, if you use it at the end of their turn, then you give them a tapped guy, so like, he can't use it as a blocker. He can't draw from it. You're drawing another card, so now you're up three on him, and he's, like, right until his next turn, if it even lasts that long. Yeah. So that just seems like it would be way worse. Like anybody that opened, like you, yeah, maybe you put it to rare or whatever. But anybody that opens it uh, is gr- ha- having a great time. Anyone who doesn't open it and has to play against it is having a terrible time. But this way, it's it's very reminiscent of the the Portal Three Kingdoms cards, right? Yes. T- tap to make something happen, but you could only use it on your turn. Uh, yeah. And now I thought that was to not confuse noobs when they're playing Portal, but. It's also in like I said in, in a case like this, it also seems to be very good, um, like just design and balance. Yeah, yeah, I think that they borrowed from that. But uh, yeah, so I, I ended up picking Jeskai because I wanted to play that card, and then I uh, I didn't get it, so that kind of sucked. Yep. Oh yeah, that sucked. Uh, yeah, so I ended up getting the white spell that. Uh, whenever you turn a face uh, down guy up, you gain life, and you can pay four mana. To... Ah, that is so busted. Guys, sorry. Uh, it's jeez. Uh, let me find the. I need mythic spoiler. I never remember the names of cards. I'm sorry, people. Especially uh, not now. Yeah. Well, it's white and uh, white Nicholas, 
And you, whenever a, a creature turns face up on your board, you gain one life for each creature you have. And then whenever uh, you can pay four mana, so three and one white, to manifest the top card of your library. It's right. the one we were talking about earlier. It's oh, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking okay. pack rat. It's so, unseen. so dumb. So dumb. Yeah. So I chose not to play it. Oh, why? And, oh, God, you're high. You, uh, tell, tell me you were fucking, like, completely <laughs> on medication, because yeah, that card would... is so stupid. The card is extremely stupid, uh, but I did wanted you, Did you to... not play white? Like, is, is no, it because I, I, like, I get that. Wait, wait, yeah. no, hold on, hold on. Did yeah. you not play white, and you had no lands that splashed white in your colors? No, I played white, but I chose not to play that card. Because? Because... <laughs> I wanted to kind of go a different direction. Well, what they're trying to do here, John, do, 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 is uh, do, pass the football do, do, or run the football. Do, 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 do. No, no, this team has decided <laughs> to go in a different direction. Uh, so I like a mono Dragon Bell monk. So I had three Dragon Bell monks. Had the two one guy who's really good. Um, Why the fuck would you play this guy? I played Surveyor. Okay, to be fair, to be fair to Jeremy, before we want, before Tyler and I watch this, Tyler, let's let's okay, let's just look at some credentials. I'm a limited champion. Tyler <laughs> is a GP, albeit constructed GP champion, right? He practices a lot limited. Seems like a smart guy. Okay. Before we saw it on the stream, we both thought that Manifest was. Eh. No, I thought Manifest was great. I just, I didn't think I wanted the card. Every time I try to save you, you just... No, I just, I didn't want to play the card. Why? Because I was playing a very tempo style. Um, I was going with very limited number of creatures. I only played like six creatures. Um, I played a lot of instants. I played a lot of bounce. And where... That could be good if I was trying to stall the game out. That's not what I wanted to do. So I really, really had to talk myself out of playing the card. And if I was going to play the card, I was going to play the game completely different. And build the deck different. And when I built the deck that way, I wanted to play black green instead. So that, that was kind of the reason for it. Is that like it's an amazing card, but I didn't feel like it was an amazing card in my deck. Because I just didn't have any good creatures. But, like, I, that's what I'm talking about. I feel like that is, like, a misconception of Manifest. But, Agreed! But First now, Thank you. now that I've seen Manifest basically be played in every every round of the five-round tournament, up yeah. to including the 4-0 and 5-0 matches, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you fucking don't hit a creature or not. Making guys for basically free... Uh, that like aren't guys that you had to draft around, or aren't guys that you had to like you have to play and with with basically the upside that at any point in time they can turn into any other card. Oh yeah, uh, is like it doesn't I, like it doesn't matter if it's a creature or not. It's good as an ability, but then if it's a creature, it's almost like that's a bonus of manifest. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people evaluated it as if it's not a creature, it's a drawback. And like, yeah, if you... Well, find... It's not a drawback. Like, that's the thing, is if it's a land, it's amazing for me. If it's a yeah, spell, but it's kind of awkward, but like, that's that's the thing about it, is that I didn't want to be the mastery of the Unseen deck. No, but you don't even have to have that card. Yeah. 
Yeah, you don't I, need anything that works with morph at all. You don't need anything that makes no. manifest broken. Manifest is broken by itself. It's already just too good. Yeah. Just manifest. I, so here's 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 what I, I thought. play every single manifest card I open. Yeah, like what do you play? Do you just play Bitter Blossom in sealed? Like you just do, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, the thing okay. is that when I play, like if this card was um, two mana, put it into play. Pay four mana, put a two two creature into play. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I would have played it. I would. And that's the thing. Like, that's that's not the card I was looking for. Uh-huh. You wouldn't just want to make 2-2 two, two yeah. for 4 Just mana. no mobilization? Like, that, that's not, in a that's tempo not anything? Deck, even? In a yeah, I just didn't want to play mobilization. Uh-huh. No, but in a, even in a tempo deck, you, you want to tempo them out until you need guys, and then now you're just making guys every turn? But right. That's the thing, is that I just didn't want to... Yeah. I didn't. You just say it's not good enough in his style of deck that he wanted. But like I just, I, I just wanted to try something different. I wanted I, okay. a deck that was a little bit more all in. I guess what like, I don't understand. It's is. just, it's that's an attrition card. I just, I, I don't understand. I guess your evaluation <laughs> of that because I feel like that's like saying I'm, I'm, I opened a Tarka, but I didn't want to go in that direction. Like I feel like this card is as powerful. As just opening a dragon, like you, ju- it doesn't matter if I'm playing control or aggro. It doesn't matter if I'm playing tempo or beatdown. I feel like this card does what I want it to do because I can activate it when I want to do that. So I don't understand why. Like I, I guess what I what I don't understand is the direction that you want to go in. I just I feel like how is this card not even your twenty third card? But that's the thing. It is my twenty third card. Like it's my twenty fourth it. card. Yeah. It's my. It's my. Just missed the cut. It does all kinds of legitimately crazy things. But I'd rather play a cunning strike over it in the list. Wow. Well, but that was just like that was just the direction I went with it. I've like, done the math. And I do not agree with it. <laughs> I. I it doesn't mean you have to play Tarka. My math. I. I don't. <laughs> I had the uh, I had the Ojutai also, and I didn't play him. That's the other. That's the, the big. The, the, yeah, the Frost Titan. Dragon. Frost what the Titan. fuck is wrong with Jay, you? Leave, leave, Jay. <laughs> you won't yeah, Jay, Jay, okay, Jay. We're we're not. Yeah, we're not winning this one. Episode two thirteen. Back with Michael Flores. Just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like I had what two cards. Fuck? That was a five man, and that is it. How that's dare all. you? Open up like that. You? you stopped someone else from getting that pool, and then <laughs> and then you squandered it. Oh wait, well, really. you're an old man, and it was a midnight pre-release. We did start talking like that. Maybe that. Maybe that's what it was. Hey, maybe. I had other people looking at it, and they agreed. Maybe it was just. Maybe this is like that that Vanilla Sky movie. You know. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Okay, I'll let uh, you finish. So, yeah, it was just kind of this case that I didn't want to go that direction. And it did very well for me. Uh, I we, we played four rounds. I 3 won uh, in the last round. Uh, pretty much it just went where I didn't drop a game. I was just serial crushing. And then uh, we get to the last round, and I'm playing against this guy, and he's playing a Mardu deck. And it's kind of going back and forth. Uh, or no, he's not playing. No, he's playing Jess Guy as well. And he gets uh, the Humble Defector. And we're in game three. Uh, game one, I kind of just crushed him really easy. Game two, 
we played it out longer and he won that game and game three we're kind of going and we get into like this stalled situation where no one's really doing anything uh, we're kind of staring at each other we don't really have any creatures in play uh, and he uh, he gets the humble defector out and I don't have any removal because that's all my deck was was just how to kill things uh, or bounce things or tap things or just get around things so he's got Defector out. I'm looking at it. It's like, okay, he's going to draw a couple cards. I'll get it back. Um, he kind of had me at a low life total, so I knew that if I got the Defector, uh, I may have to use it to... Uh, I may not be able to draw cards with it. I may be forced to trade and kill something off and just stall the board out just a little bit more. Um, but, you know, drawing the cards is definitely where I want to be. It's just I, I couldn't afford to take a hit. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you know, we got nothing. He's got, I think, two cards in hand. I've got a card in hand. Uh, I think everything's going to kind of work out nice from here. And he activates Humble Defector. And I'm like, okay. So Humble Defector, ability on the stack, he says. And as soon as he says that, like, your heart just sinks. Uh, and that's where he does the, the blue untap a creature spell. And then he does it again, and taps it again. Attraction Helix? Uh, no, not the, not the retraction, uh, the, what is it called? The, uh, again, I don't know the names of any freaking cards. It's right. the, that untap a creature and draw a card. Oh, yeah, okay. that's the one that, uh, that I was talking about with Ted. Ted oh, yeah, okay. exactly, yeah. So, yeah, he taps, draws two cards, does that, uh, untaps it, then taps it, draws two more cards, I get the thing. Refocus is what it's called. Yeah. So he yeah, yeah, okay. cards and gives me this thing. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then he follows it up with the five-drop bird that bounces it back to his hand. Yeah, sure. So I'm just like, okay, so I'm feeling really, really shitty. Uh, and, like, this game was, like, already kind of, like, irking me the wrong way because he just, like, literally, we kind of, I played out an early guy, he played out an early guy, we kind of bounced off of each other a little bit, and then on turn five, he goes, cunning strike, cunning strike, cunning strike. And what's cunning strike again, sorry? Uh, that's the five mana red blue card that deals two damage to a creature and two damage to a player. Okay, and then yeah. So he just runner, 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 cycles that for three turns in a row, blowing away all my stuff. And from there, it was just like, okay, I'm really far behind. Um, I end up getting like wild slashed and getting, uh, I think, double, uh, what is it, Dragonfire or Bathe and Dragonfire? Yeah. He just, like, the creatures, yeah. Yeah, he just like kills all my stuff. Now, I was attacking with uh, some manifests off of the uh, uh, Right into Being uh, card that I, I liked, but I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I would like it. And at that point there, it's like he drew five cards and it was just everything I could do, he just could do better at that point. But I really, really was surprised by uh, the dragons in the set. Uh, they're all very, very scary. Yeah. Um, the rune marks, I thought they would be better, but they're just terrible, I find. The only good you know one's what's interesting? Yeah. The, the rune marks are pretty bad, but you know what is interesting that we found? <laughs> this format, the sealed pre-release format, because again, I don't know... If the sealed both... no the sealed pre-release format is different because it was like for... seated pack plus no, 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 sure boards. The... yeah it's like it's unique no no for sure it is the the seated pre-release um format is the decks are a lot more powerful than you would get even just in a regular sealed pack yeah um or a sealed uh, sorry format but yeah. uh, this format it just seemed a lot and again like I, I it probably even if you got the cards you probably wouldn't be able to transfer it over to the draft um but. Uh, we what we found is decks that were had powerful cards in it were fine, uh, whereas normally they would be good. But decks that had powerful cards in it with um, 
synergy work yes. even better together. Like they were more powerful. So in round four with the, it was actually pretty awesome in round four. It actually might've been three. Um, there was a match between local player, Adrian grow and um, a local, like newer kind of player that I've never met. And I think his name was Alex. I've never seen him before or anything. Um, he, Adrian is playing like a really kind of in terms of like what we saw all weekend, a really mediocre deck. Um, just had like a bunch of just good cards in it, but no synergy. But it was just kind of it was kind of mediocre in that like he didn't have any bombs or anything. He just had like some good cards, right? Like just good cards, not like crazy bomb cards or anything. This Alex kid, he was kind of the same. He had some powerful cards, but not really like. He didn't really have any dragons or anything, but his deck, he just, he, because the, the removal was so bad in this format, he just played build, he made his deck like Voltron, like build a dragon, basically. So, yeah. in limited flying, like, everything's soft to flying, right? Remember? Yeah. So, he would, like, put these arc, what are they called? The, the, the mark of the Abzan or the, something? The yeah, rune the marks. marks. So, yeah. he would put, like, the rune marks on a guy, and then they would have, like, they'd be, like, a big flyer or something. It'd be like a 2-2 flyer. He'd make it like a 4-4 flyer. Then he would put uh, snake skin on it to make it like a 6-4 flying, like, regenerating dragon, basically. He just made his own. He was like, I don't care if you have a dragon. I'll make my own fucking dragon. But it's gonna regenerate. And then he also had, like, um, the guy that has delve, but when you delve creatures away, he gets the abilities. Soul flare. Yeah, like, that guy's really good. Um, in a deck like this, and then yeah, he would put fucking snakeskin on it. So now you know he. There was one turn where we saw him. He plays the the one two flying haste first strike thing. Yeah, just exiles that, and and then has like a flying haste first strike regenerating six four dragon. Seems nice, fair. nice fucking card. And he was just building. And the thing that me and Tyler talked about actually, we had like a. a a, like a, a a nice discussion about how in formats like this, normally like cards like uh, that snakeskin card and these rune marks, you would you would never play never them. Like you them, yeah. you would never even look at them, let alone play them, right? Like that you would never even consider them. Like not even as a twenty third card. You'd rather just play an eighteenth land even. Um, but now because like cards like Doomblade don't exist, like there's no like there's there's very little blow you out two for one cards. Before, um, like, four or five mana. Yeah. So, cards, like, making, a, getting a delving guy, like, when they kill your two-drop flyer or your three-drop flyer, and then you're getting a flying 4-4 four, four because you've delved and made it cheaper, not to mention giving it abilities, and then you're also making it so that it's regenerate. Like, there was turns, there was crucial turns where we would be looking at a game uh, where Alex could potentially kill, um... Like or do some damage to Adrian as long as Adrian didn't get to five. If Adrian got to five, we knew Adrian had removal for these dragons, right? But yeah. what ended up happening is he would just he would just equip his guy with the snakes. Like he would rip off the top. He got lucky on on one of the draws and played the snakeskin just before Adrian got to five mana. Right? It was on hit on Adrian's turn four when he was tapped. So he got to hit for six in the air, and then provided that Adrian didn't have either bounce or exile. Uh, he could regenerate his dragon even if uh, Adrian got the removal, right? So, and and me and Tyler were talking about how you know 
Uh, Tyler used to get ragged on all the time for considering cards like this, Molten Snakeskin. But uh, now it's like, it's almost, it's almost, they're almost playable cards depending on what your deck looks like because removal is so bad. It's so inefficient. I think that that really, really kind of uh, sets the tone and explains the, the true difference between sealed and draft. Yeah. You know, everyone looks at limited. Uh, you see when they do ratings and stuff like that on Channel Fireball, it's always the limited rating and stuff like that. And there is definitely a severe difference between what you're going to get in a sealed pool and what you're going to get in a draft pool. And those yeah. are the cards that kind of push through because people can't focus on getting all that good removal. They might have removal in four different colors, whereas if they were drafting, they'd have all that removal in two different colors. So, uh, what do you mean? Sorry. What do I mean? I mean is like if you're drafting and you're making your draft pool that way, maybe you've got a couple pyrotechnics and you've got a couple reach shadows. But maybe since you're not drafting and you opened up your pool, maybe you've got a channel harm and oh, it, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. like your your removal spread out over multiple colors. Yes. So they either have to take that penalty and potentially veer into terrible mana land to have the same amount of removal that they would normally have, or they just have to buck up and just go without. And, like, that's the thing, is that there's some strong removal in each of the colors, but there isn't lots of strong removal in single colors. Yeah. You know, like, there's there's the butt fight and the hunt a week in green. Um, there's the uh, reach of shadows in black, and, you know, they get access to some of the removal that was already existing in black and uh, cons, which actually had some decent removal. Red, uh, I thought reach or Bay of the Dragonfire was a really, really good card for red to get. Um, blue, you know, they've got a little bit more bounce trick. Uh, that crazy one, uh, Whisk Away. Yeah. That thing pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Um, even now, something like Will of the Naga, which doesn't, you know, remove the cards, but two turns is a long time. So, there's uh, there's some really interesting things, and it just, it, it really speaks to that whole point that, you know, you're, uh, you're pretty, pretty bang on there, that you get a little bit more liberty in Sealed to kind of do that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and like it it just it becomes like there's more like I guess there's more crucial turns uh so to say and they're different than draft. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I follow you completely there. Um the other uh, thing that I really liked about the format is uh manifest and morph together whereas mm-hmm. made it like really interesting. So, we've talked about it before on previous episodes morph there was this, in cons, there was this uh, crucial point where five mana was yeah. what you had to watch out for. Yeah. If, yeah. if they had less than five mana open, then nothing that they uh, could do to their morph aside from another trick was uh, would cause it to trade or, or win a fight against a two-power guy. Um, but with, when, you have, uh, when you have manifest, that could be anything. Yeah. And for any mana cost. So there was lots of times where you'd attack with a morph and a manifest, and it was like, well, he has, you know, three or four mana open, so this could be any number of these cards, uh, which could all blow him out here if he blocks with a 2-3 or blocks with a 2-2, or you know what I mean? Um, And I thought that was really interesting. And again, another uh, point to make that it's really important that when you're playing this format, you differentiate between your manifest and your your morphs. Yeah. Yeah, very, very important because of, like, that particular rule. 
Yeah. And I always found that I I don't know if I saw a manifested creature on the other side of the board. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Oh like, god. I don't think I ever ran into a manifested creature. I saw tons of them. Yeah, tons of yeah. them. Yeah, me Where too. It's like lots of lots of planes. Lots of planes were manifested against well, me. Well. Um, but you know, like that's going to kind of lay into some of this stuff. Uh, I, I saw some like crazy stuff. I'm really excited for uh, the two mana one one that manifests. The two mana one one that manifests. Refresh my memory. Uh, the uh, what's it called? Oh my goodness, he's just like a little one one dork. Oh, the bla- There's a black one. He's super yeah, good. Yeah. Sultanary, yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah, on- so I have, a, I have stories about him. Okay, yeah, so, like, that guy. guy is just nutty throughout the weekend. I really liked uh, every time he was on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I got ranched by Frostwalker in that round four. That was the card that really beat me to pieces in game two. The four one. Yeah, the four yeah. one. One, the four one's pretty damn good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I ate probably twelve points of damage off of that guy. Wow. Yeah. So, All right. yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm very interested to see what happens. But I kept my packs closed because I want to, you know, try and put together a team sealed uh, pool before uh, I go to San Jose. But I don't know if that's really going to happen before the packs come out. So I might just open them for fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I uh, I had probably the best pre-release experience that any one human being should be allowed to have. Wow. Did you get the alternate art again? So, no, I did not. Oh, but it's weak. That's weak. Weak sauce. Not that good. Uh, not that good. Um, although nobody at Face-to-Face Games in Toronto was able to get one of those Ugans pulled, so I still say that we had the best experience. What? At yeah. my store, the midnight pre-release, we had three open. I, it doesn't even matter. Literally doesn't even matter. Yeah, it matters. So, so I get to face to face games Toronto on uh, Saturday morning at nine thirty. Okay, and I show up. Maddie's there, and Jackie's there, and uh, obviously the crew's all there. And Tony and Kelly are in the kitchen area. You know, Kelly's making fresh whipped cream. You know, and just like like mixing it in a bowl and and whipping it up nice and firm and. Uh, Tony's making pancakes with you know, blueberries on them and, you know, there's whipped creams going on top and it's just like, it smells so good. The coffee is just amazing. The cappuccinos are flowing. You know, people are just like, this is just a heck of a thing that's going on here. There are people lined up like crazy to sign up for this pre-release that obviously missed the, pre, um, missed the, uh, the pre-reg. And there's like probably nine people in line. And so we, so we go, okay, so what's the deal? What's going on? And well, let me just play. Just bounty you up. And we're like, all right. So, so, so what do you, what can we play? He says, anything except Jess Guy, because it's sold out. Across all the flights and all the pre regs Jess Guy is gone. What else do you want to play? So I'm like, Snap Teamer, blind. Because it's it's really what I wanted to do anyway. Because it was it allowed me to play green cards and blue cards, uh, or green cards and red cards, uh, and just like go into any of the other colors. So I felt like it straddled into the salté and or the Jeskai very well. 
So I was pretty happy with it. Like blue and red cards or blue and green cards, you know? Yes. So I was pretty pleased with that. Okay. Um, so I opened my teamer pack, and I opened my deck, and it's pretty nutty. Um, Maddie ends up playing... Uh, maybe he got, te- he got teamer as well, actually. So, so I open I open up my pile, and it's pretty clear to me that I'm going, I'm going four colors. So I get two Whispers of the Wilds, I get two Alpine Grizzlies, I get uh, anyways the rares that matter. I get um, Silumgar the Drifting Death, which is the black blue dragon. Yeah, that guy's ridiculous. I end up with um, Monastery Siege Out, which is the blue siege Outpost Siege, which is the red siege. Villainous wealth, and uh, and then of course I, my my clan rare was shamanic revelation, and I of course opened another shamanic revelation. So I actually oh. played six rares in my deck. Okay, I ended up getting, uh, one two three four five six on color tap lands, to play okay. in my deck. So the fixing's fine. Like. The black is the splash. It reaches into two cards, maybe three, I think. Is it three cards? Yeah, it's three cards, because I also played the Gurmag Angler, which is the 5-5 five, five Delve for black and six, which actually only ever cost me four mana all day. Yeah, four mana for a 5-5 five, five isn't remotely fair, by the way, in case you were wondering. Go. Um, yeah, it's really dirty when you play it as your second spell for one, though, late game. It's really good. Um, so anyways, play the shit out of that zombie fish, kids, and it's easy to splash. Uh, I got two copies of Destructor Dragon in my pool, which is the 4-4 flyer, Flying Green Dragon for six that kills stuff when it dies. Which uh, is because people forgot that it does things when it dies. I know. Uh, I got a, a Snowhorn Rider, Bear's Companion, I got a Bathing Dragon Fire, and uh, Map the Waste, and, so, and like Mystic of the Hidden Way. I was just like, big guys beat your face, right? Um, deck was unreal. Went undefeated with the deck. Absolutely. Uh, I had two Whispers of the Wilds, so I dropped uh, turn four dragons often. It was dumb. It was dumb. Summit Prowler also. Uh, Owen Turtonwald's All-Star. Mythic Common. Summit Prowler. Uh, yeah, it, it was just absolutely ridiculous. I demolished uh, everybody I came across. Uh, funny story. Round one, my opponent, uh, Villainous Wealth. I, I end up game two. I, uh, he's not doing so well. He's got some lands, you know, not presenting that much of a board state. We're kind of even. I'm at the point where I'm like, well, I could play this these two middling creatures out of my hand right this turn. I think it was probably like an Alpine Grizzly and a uh, and maybe a Morph or whatever. No, or and a Mystic of the Hidden Way or something like that. I'm like, or I can take this opportunity where I'm not under that much pressure and fire off this Villainous Wealth for six and see how we do. So I flip over six lands off the top of my opponent's deck. Six lands after a villain as well. The odds of that happening are ridiculous. Uh, For some reason, my opponent continued then at that point to draw nothing but gas and totally ranch me in that game. It was pretty funny. Uh, No, not not (laughs) nothing. But uh, Monastery, so lessons I learned from this, uh, the mana ramp and the Whispers of the Wilds is insane. Being able to play Alpine Grizzlies to turn them on is super good. Um, Dragons are very powerful, but the Sieges are ridiculous. Monastery Siege 
being able to just play it and draw two cards and loot every turn is completely batshit bonkers in limited. Yeah, it's, it's just like so all the sieges are so good except for the green one. Yeah, and and the red one, the red one, I never was actually able to play, but I I played it one time and it was for the dragons, which is the one damage to the creatures that are leaving because I just needed to break the board stalls. But shamanic revelation was the real deal. I cast I cast it so many times. I gained. I think it was like 34 life. No, wait, 36 life over the course of... Was it 30? 32. Yeah, multiples of four. 32 life over the course of the tournament. I drew so many cards I lost track. Like, just completely ridiculous. So, um, very, very, very good good deck. Uh, second, so what they did is they said, um, if we win, if, if whoever plays against us, if they win, then they are able to... They get a cookie. For beating us. Congratulations. You get a fresh baked cookie. Wow. And if they lose, they're probably sour about it, so they got a freshly squeezed lemonade. So it was it was sweet. It was like, you know, win-win scenario. Uh, and it should totally go to mention, by the way, that uh, the lemonades are insane. So they, they actually take the fresh squeezed, lemonade, fresh squeezed lemons, put them into the shaker with ice, put some simple syrup in, put some water or whatever in, uh, or Red Bull. They can put Red Bull into it okay so i had a, a couple red bull blueberry lemonades which were every bit as amazing as you could possibly imagine um yeah so i ended up getting some packs opened them up got basically nothing uh one i think it was like six packs or whatever so open six packs one nothing and then second and then we had lunch and lunch at the cafe at face face games toronto is something that really needs to be experienced to be believed. Uh, I had a sandwich which I was advised to try, which is called the Mealing. Okay, made made for Matt Mealing in the first place. And uh, so this is a triple layer sandwich, similar to like a club sandwich, right? Except that instead of the middle piece of bread, you have a grilled cheese sandwich. What the fuck? So the bottom layer, <laughs> the bottom layer is a chicken club sandwich. So, like, lettuce, black. onions, tomatoes if you want it, chipotle mayo, bacon, chicken, that, that's the sandwich, wow. okay? That, yeah. That's, like, the, on the bottom layer. Then they put the grilled cheese on top, okay, like a full grilled cheese sandwich. And then on top of that, they make a pulled pork sandwich. Oh so it's God. this, like, triple layer obscenity, which is so beyond any measure of deliciousness that it's beyond the scope of even – I'm drooling. I'm, I'm salivating right now. <laughs> This yeah, is so bad. Amazing. I uh, saw a picture of that sandwich. It was. I posted it on Twitter in case nobody believed me. It was completely ridiculous. So next, so when you're there, order the mealing. It's crazy talk. Um, that with you know a lemonade to wash it down. I I don't even know. I I I didn't know how I was going to eat any better that day. Uh, spoiler: I did. Um, <laughs> so. So then we go into, so we're just hanging out and we're like, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll just gunsling this round or whatever. We'll have some food and it's fine. And Kelly comes over to us. He's like, so what do you guys want to play? Well, I don't know. What do you got there? And he says, well, I got two Mardu and I got two Saltai. He's like, and I got this Jess guy that I scammed in the bag for you. And <laughs> like, Maddie's like, oh, I wanted to play Jess guy. I'm like, no, I don't really care. I'll play Saltai. I'm down. He's like, really? He's like, oh, I want to try Saltai too. Like, yeah, whatever you want, man. Do whatever. He's like, oh, I'll just take the Jess guy. So he opens it up and gets the foil Soulfire Grandmaster. Holy fuck. That's like $80. I know. 
Why? So, uh, so anyway, so he gets that, and and so he's got a whatever deck. I didn't really look at the rest of the pool, but so we're going through it, and I I went Sultai, of course. So I open my pool, and my pack rare is, um, I'm trying to find it, Archfiend of Depravity. So the five four the five four demon that flies that basically says at the beginning of each opponent's end step that player chooses up to two creatures they control and then oh, sack the yeah. rest. I don't know if that card's good. Um. It's fine, I guess. Like in a black deck, you're also playing just cards to kill shit. Yeah, like I just, it just seems like, I, like I'm trying to think. Like it seems fine. It's a, it's a dragon, right? It's a five four flyer for five, yep. which is good. Yeah. But then, like making them stack everything but two creatures, it just seems like this is not a format where you often have like a lot. Yeah, I agree. So, like, it seems like that ability a lot of the times wasn't doing anything. Yeah. No, I agree completely. You find that? Yeah, yeah. I found... I mean, like... It was fine because it's still a 5-4 flyer. Yeah. And, I mean, like, my pool... I ended up playing, actually, Grixis. Uh, and I splashed... I ended up splashing green again. So I played 4-color again. I splashed green for two cards. I splashed green for Death Frenzy. Which seems like it's pretty good in a format with, like, a pile of manifest creatures. Which one is that? Uh, it's the uh, five casting costs is green, black, three, sorcery. All creatures get minus two, minus two until end of turn. And whenever a creature dies, I gain a life this turn. Right. Yeah. So Death Frenzy. Yeah, that seems very good. It's, it's splashable, right? Uh, three cards actually I splash for. Uh, the other one was Abomination of Gadul, which is the three, the three, four flying morph guy. Yes. And that, like whenever you do damage and loot, cause just because it was like a big fat flyer. And if I just played it for morph, yeah. who cared, right? Uh, and then Salt Eye Charm. Because like right. that, that card is just straight unquestionable removal and it's really good. So yeah. those are the only cards that I splashed for the rest of it. It was a pretty pretty sweet uh, Grixis deck. Um, I mean, it's just a lot of removal, but I had some pretty good hits. Uh, my rares that I, the notable rares that I played, I had the Monastery Siege again. So Blue Siege again, which is sweet. I opened a Flame Wake Phoenix. Which version did you pick? Or which Al- mode? Always cons. Which is always draw? Always draw. Yeah. Always it draw. Seems the other like, one's ass. Like all of the, the Sieges have an inherently more powerful mode that you almost always will be picking. Yeah. And I, and then like another mode that maybe you pick something. So so it's funny because the first it's a funny story. The first time I played Monastery Siege was against my first round Mardu opponent, the one with the villainous wealth for six that I hit six lands. Um, it was ugly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, he drew gas after that, Jay. I, I don't know. Um, so so Monastery Siege, uh, I played it and I'm like, oh, he's probably got a bunch of removal spells. I don't want to, you know, give all my guys killed. So I'm like dragons. So the first time I played Frost Titan. Yeah, and then when he used an ability on one of my guys, and I realized that it didn't stop abilities, I was like, "Well, this card's a piece of shit." Right. <laughs> so, so it was like cons all the time, and you just slam the siege, and you look at your opponent, and you go cons. It was really good. <laughs> so, so yeah, so monster siege. I also opened a flame wake phoenix, which is the the two two flying haste guy that attacks each turn. Ferocious, you can return it. So yeah. that was pretty sweet. Uh. And like the I the bomb rare that I actually played, I had Shaman of the Great Hunt, which is the team of rare, the four two for four mana that has haste, and whenever a creature you control deals damage to a player, you put a one one counter on it. As yeah. a ferocious that says for green green two or blue blue two or some com- combination, draw a card for each creature you control, power four or greater. Right. Uh, in my Grixis deck, where I'm playing a bunch of really big threats and not a lot of little threats. Uh, this card was ridiculous for me. Um, so those are the rares. I also had like some pretty sweet uncommons. I played, I had Pyrotechnics, which is arguably like one of the best removal spells in the format. 
Um, I had a bathe in Dragonfire as well. I had a reach and a reach of shadows, which is you know destroy a creature for five mana instant, right? Um, I had a typhoid rats, and I had a rise right of the serpent. So like there was a lot of removal. I had a whisk away, you know, some instant speed tricks, and like I had the Mistfire adept and the Sultai emissary as creatures at Jeskai stage. So a lot of guys that could kind of like get in early. Mistfire adept was surprisingly good. This is the the three uh three and one blue for an uncommon Jeskai guy, and he's a three three. Uh, he's got prowess, and whenever you cast a non-creature spell, target creature gains flying intelligence. So he's basically like air elemental, which is super, super good. Yeah, so, yeah, I was really, really impressed. I Salty emissary, Jared. It's funny you bring it up. I wasn't going to play the card, and it was kind of like set aside in my pool. I'm like, eh, maybe I don't really need this. And then Jackie. Oh, I had a shock maw dragon too, which is the nice big guy that wipes the board of all the X ones. Um, that was really powerful. Uh, but the Salty emissary, just but you put him on the field. Jackie was like, you have to play this guy. He's basic. Like, now he's a piece of shit. What are you doing? He's like, seriously, play it, play it. I'm like, fuck, fine. So I put it in my deck because Jackie was like, he's pretty accurate about stuff all day. And so I put it in my deck. And the first time my opponent went, typhoid rats, go. And I went, salty emissary, go. Yeah. I knew that I was wrong. <laughs> good. So, so yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. Uh, the surveyor also I had in this pool. He was really sweet, just like the bounce bird, right? Because he's just insane. So yeah, it was. Uh, but so I ended up going. Um, I I went. I won two zero the first first two rounds. Second round or third round, I got paired against a guy who had two of the manifest making enchantments. So whatever the hell that uh, something of the master or something of the mentor that we talked about that like four the forecast yeah. yeah. Two of those in his pool. He wow. had, uh, yeah. He also had uh, light form, which is the the flying, like the yeah. The ones yeah. Any of the forms are good. It's really good. Yeah. So so anyway, so I lost to his Jeskai deck. They went to three game, three games. No two, but the second game was super long. Um, and yeah, it was it was just it was a tough loss. Uh, third round, I play uh, the last round rather. I played against uh, an Abzan aggro deck that literally played almost all one and two drops. Like, there was maybe two four drops in this entire deck. The rest of them were dirt cheap. One drop, one drop, one drop. And just basically tried to zoom me out. Uh, Warden of the First Tree, you know, uh, Disowned Ancestor, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and like, good Outlast guys. It got better. Like, the deck was really well constructed. Uh, we ended up going to three games. And it came down to literally the last, sort of like the last turn. And he's dead or I'm dead. And uh, he ended up, I ended up bricking on my last turn. So I couldn't, I couldn't turn the corner. And, but it was just, the games were awesome. So. Such an unbelievable time playing. Uh, basically, just went like X two all day across two pre releases, and had just the most amazing time. Uh, the last round, we ended up splitting some packs. Uh, the the last one, so I ended up getting two packs to open at the end, and I opened a monastery mentor. Nice. nice. So so that's cool, right? That's like some dollars. Um, but everybody was just so amazing. The fact that they were sold out. They sold out. They had to up their allocation. They got their first allocation they got from Wizards was like thirty-five units, and they're like, "No, you got to do better than this." Like we're, like, yeah, like there's just no way. And so they got them up to two hundred. So they had two hundred pre-release kits, and they were all gone. Oh yeah, for two-headed giant. Like they had to, they had to close two-headed giant. They could no longer take registrations. There were people that were turned away at the door. 
It was crazy talk. They could have easily sold three to three fifty if they had the stock. It was just amazing. So we finished all that up, and it's Maddie's birthday next weekend. So like by the time this posts, it'll be Maddie's birthday this weekend. And so he's like, "Hey, so what are we doing for dinner? What are we doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Let's just stick around for a minute and figure it out." So Maddie and I jammed some games of Modern. So I was jamming Geist against his like mono green deck, which is a terrible, terrible matchup for me, and it was fun. It was fine. Uh, and then we decided, well, what do you want to do for dinner? He's like, I want to go somewhere nice. Okay. It's my birthday. I want to go out. Okay. Have you ever been to Brazilian Steakhouse? And he goes, nope. What? <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess we're going to the Copacabana, aren't we? <laughs> so we collect everyone up, and uh, Jackie, Tony, and I end up going down to Copa. We get there about like 9.15, and there's an hour and a half wait. So I'm like, oh, God, an hour and a half, really? And he goes, well, if you give us your cell phone number, then we'll text you when your table's ready. Okay, text us. So sure enough, uh, we decide that we are going to go and go and have... Tony goes, you know what I haven't been able to find in Toronto? He's like, I haven't been able to find sour beers anywhere. I'm like, oh, really? They're at Beer Bistro. He's like, what? <laughs> How do I live in Toronto and I don't know this? <laughs> well, it's right near one of my customers. So sure enough, we end up going for a 13-minute walk. I Google it up, see how far away it is. And so we walk 13 minutes to get to Beer Bistro, which is this unbelievable beer bar. And they do samplers and they do all sorts of crazy stuff. So we had some of the most amazing beers. Uh, Rodenbach Grand Cru was on tap. So we had some Rodenbach Grand Cru's in the samplers, which were amazing. We had a um, a Rug as well, which is so so a smoked beer. So the next one is so we've all we had sours in Boston and they were amazing. Uh, the next one is smoked beers. Have you guys ever had a smoked beer before? No. Okay. No. So in my first experience with smoked beer, Innocent Gun put out a limited edition run, as they're apt to do, you know, occasionally every quarter or whatever, and it was called Smoke and Gun. And basically what they do is they smoke all the hops and, and all of the, the, this, the ingredients before they put it in. So they do that, and then they, it comes out, and you can actually taste a, like a, a smoky, rich, like, the best way to explain it, and, and not in it, like, it tastes like campfire, but in the good way. Yeah. Not in the bad way, right? Like, like the difference between a campfire hot dog and a barbecue one. Precisely. So it tastes like that. And it was yeah. amazing, right? Just unbelievable. And, uh, and so then, so I saw this smoked beer, and they're like, "Yeah, smoky with blah blah blah, with hints of hints of uh, of banana, uh, caramel, and ham where appropriate." And I'm like, "I have to try this beer. Like, I have to try this beer." And so the first mouthful you take of this beer, the very first one, the smoke hits you, and the ham hits you. So it's like you've taken a bite of a piece of hickory smoked ham in your mouth. Okay. But then it finishes oddly sweet. And you're like, boy, that's really delicious. What is that? What is that? And you take another sip and you realize that it's banana. This thing is like breakfast in a glass. It was the most unreal thing I'd ever tasted in my entire life. It was completely batshit delicious. So uh, make sure you look for that. It was, it was uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the company that it was made by. Hold on, I'll just have to pull it up here on my untapped app because I found it. Follow me on Untapped if you'd like, kids. By the way, 
What is untapped? Uh, it is a drink. It's a social drink scenario. Um, yeah. Brau Factum Rug by Radeberga Gruppe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. No, Rug. Just remember Rug. <laughs> R-O-O-G. If you ever see it in one of those like fancy beer places. But it was just unbelievable, this thing. Just seriously. Wow. It's a smoked beer. So I'm going to be looking into some smoked beers for sure. And uh, and see what's up with that. Because they're just wicked. So, yeah. Uh, and then after that, we head over to... So we finish like two rounds of samplers or whatnot. We end up going over, walking back to the Copa. Sit down at our table. It's, God, probably 11... 15 at this point no sorry it was like 10 30 at this point so we go we arrive we sit down and we proceeded to gorge ourselves on delicious brazilian meat until about 12 30 in the morning right. it was unreal and then we drove home happily got home didn't die which is nice and uh yeah it was just the perfect end to the absolutely perfect like it was GP quality weekend in one year. Just unreal. So, if you haven't been to face-to-face games in Toronto, you are fucking doing it wrong. They are literally unreal. They are worth a trip. If you have to drive in or fly in, it's worth the trip. Don't walk, drive. You take the subway. The red on the subway lines. There you go. Anyways, super crazy time was just blown away so yeah uh it was it was amazing it was amazing i had the best pre-release experience of my entire life played well had fun people were amazing i don't really know what else to say then then of course like monday monday we get the best unbannings ever or best bannings ever for modern i i i don't know i don't know life is uh life is is pretty good right now now all I need is to win the lottery so I can go to Vegas with my wife. <laughs> is that asking too much? Maybe. Maybe. So yeah. That's uh that's what's going down. So how was your weekends, all in all, if you had to rate it on a scale of one to ten? Well, we finished up the the pre release by going to karaoke for my birthday. Oh and... my god, it was your birthday and you got hammered. Oh man, I'd never uh I've never refused to sing a song at karaoke because I was so drunk before. Except for? That's how drunk I was. They called my name and I was just like, no. And then they're like, all my friends were like, Jay, that's you. You have to go up there. Didn't you hear them? And I was like, no, just tell him I'm too fucking drunk. I'm not going up there. Wow. I've never been that drunk at karaoke before. Wow. And then... uh, I'm not it was really fun. Office. Lots of people came. We had a great time. I also like was so drunk that I like accosted this 19 year old girl for liking Frozen for like probably I don't know. It seemed like a very long time, like two hours maybe. Like it's my friend Cass's girlfriend. A, we found out she was 19, and that was interesting. And then B, we found out she liked Frozen, and I wouldn't let that go because that movie sucks so goddamn bad. But then I was thinking, like, does it suck for a 19 year old? Like. Fucking Lion King's older than this person. <laughs> like, do they even know what a fucking Disney movie is? I mean, uh, so yeah, so we had. I had a good. My weekend was great. Although I'm so fucking old now, I don't know how you guys deal with this, but I can't drink like that anymore. Like, 
Sunday was such a waste of time because I couldn't do anything. Like, I wasn't, it was a weird hangover. I woke up and I wasn't like pukey and headachey. I was just like, felt like I hadn't gone to sleep and like, and I had to shit a whole lot throughout the day. And I just yes. felt like really like exhausted. You know? Why is KYT very excited about you having to shit? <laughs> because our best episodes revolve around Jay telling shit stories. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know if that's like a thing that happens when you get old. But like, you know, before it would be like, oh yeah, I would just get hammered. I would wake up with a hangover like a small percentage of the time. And then by noon, you know, or well, say say three to four hours after I woke up, I would be fine. But this, I was just like begged for just, the whole day, I didn't want. I was like, I kept wanting to be like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up and go to a pre-release because I don't want to sit around here anymore. And I would stand up and be like, oh nope, sit back down. And then I'd be like, I'm gonna go play Dota because I don't want to just sit here and do nothing. Nope, I'm gonna just sit here and do nothing. So that's the only downside to drinking like a 19 year old when you're 30. Ah, uh, so by drinking like a 19 year old, how much was that? I don't know, because I was outside with somebody. I don't really know who I was outside with, but I went outside. I think because somebody started singing a fucking garbage, terrible song, and it was some member of the Glee Club. And so we left. We were like, smoke break! Even though I don't smoke, that's like the code word, right? Mm. And then I was outside with this person. Me and him were having a conversation, and I don't even really know who it was. It was like a friend of mine. I just can't remember the life of me. And uh, and then Aaron, bless his heart, buddy of mine, local guy, came outside. He said he'd give me a ride home earlier in the night, right? He's not drinking. He's got to work and do a lunch with friends earlier uh, Sunday. So he says he'll give me a ride. So he comes outside and he's like, hey, Jay, we're leaving. And I was like, what? Why? And he's like, your beers are all paid for and everything. It's time to go. And I'm like. I just can't figure out why we're leaving. And then I'm like, I have to go say goodbye to everyone. And he's like, no, everyone knows you're outside. Your beers are paid for. It's time to go. You're hammered. It's okay. They say goodbye. I said, you say goodbye. It's all good. I'm like, I didn't fucking say goodbye. <laughs> I didn't say that shit. And then he's like, come on. Here's go. So I was like super confused. I was like, wait, if my beers are paid for, who paid for them? Why, why would they pay for them? But I have to pay for my beers. Don't I have to pay for beers? I drank some beers, and uh, then I went home. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, gonna go upstairs, and I was like, I'm not. There's no fucking way I'm making it upstairs. I'll die. I'll fall backwards on the stairs and die. So I will go and sleep on the couch for a bit. And I'm thinking, I'm not even fucking tired. I'm gonna watch a goddamn movie. It's gonna be sweet. So I was sleeping like six seconds. Nice. Then. Uh, I put a blanket on me when I was going to lie down on the couch and I remember consciously somehow not putting it over my feet or my arms, even though I was wearing no socks and I was wearing no shirt. So only like my mid area was being warmed. <laughs> so this is relevant because then I woke up at 6.30 in the morning fucking freezing and, like, stumbled upstairs. I'd slept with my contacts in, so those were basically glued to my eyeballs. Ugh. And when you're hammered and you're trying to pull out contacts that are glued to your eyeballs, that's, like, a terrible experience. Then I climb into bed, 
and I'm freezing. So, of course, I'm snuggling up to old Beaner there. And then I was so cold, apparently, that Beans thought that I had been outside. Wow. When I came to bed, yeah. Because I was just, you know, I guess just fucking freezing on the couch, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. But then, you know, later in the evening, we watched some murder mystery shows, and we played Ticket to Ride, which I got for Christmas, and it was fucking sweet. So my weekend was pretty good. Good. I had to read it. All right. That's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. Uh, Jer, how would you rate your weekend? Well, the weekend was good. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the little one, so that's always awesome. Um, getting ready for the house to come, so that's pretty awesome. Got some stuff figured out. Got to play some Magic. Uh, that's fun. Um, I bought a game on Steam called H1Z1. Um, that is kind of like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Daisy no. or anything like that. It's like a first-person shooter, but it's like a survival game, and there just happens to be zombies around. Cool. So you kind of like run around like a countryside type thing like that, looting houses, trying to find materials to build stuff, and then other people are running around with guns and they shoot you the second they see you, and then you have to respawn and start from scratch. Um, it's actually a great adventure in not fun. What? What is this? H1Z1. Okay. You go on Twitch, you can watch it. it. It's it's a pretty good time. Like, the whole thing to it is, it's they don't really tell you that it's a social game, but yeah. it is a social game because the way that you you survive is if there's three of you, you don't get attacked. If there's right. one of you, you get killed immediately. Yeah, this sounds like it sounds like Daisy. Yeah, it is exactly like Daisy. Uh, it's the same. It's like you're supposed. Yeah. It's like a social game because you're supposed to be like, "Hey, I met this guy. Hey, Jeremy, in the game, let's survive against zombies together." And you're like, "Okay." And then as soon as I turn around, you just shoot me and take my shit. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. So, uh, yeah, the big thing about it is uh, it's it's Daisy, but it's Sony Online Interactive's Daisy. So they went out and they uh, built. Yeah. So it's Sony's version. So it's it's pretty neat. Um, I had some fun with it. It's it's pretty. It's uh, pretty playable, like, as far as, like, it has, like, built-in VoIP and stuff like that, which really helps out. Uh, not everybody's on the kill you immediately plan, but it gets like that at certain times. Yeah. Uh, so I, I messed around in that, and it's got, like, a big crafting thing, so you can build, like, huts and stuff like that, and, you know, start crafting and doing all that Minecrafty type crap. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, a good zombie game or at least what I appreciate out of, like, the zombie genre is when the zombies aren't the bad guys, when the zombies are just part of the environment, and the way that you interact with other people is the downside. Like, I didn't care if a zombie was sneaking up on me, but if I saw two guys running around and it was just me, I was hiding behind a car or something like that. With, like, my little crappy handmade bow and arrow ready to go to shoot a guy if I had to. So that was pretty neat. That, like, ate up an afternoon while the kid was napping, so. Nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that, that was really it. I didn't really get to do a lot. Um, I actually got sick the other day, and I was supposed to go out and play board games. So that was really sad because I like to play board games. So, yeah. But I've got a big trip coming up, so I'm happy for that. I just have to work until then. Hmm. Yeah. All right, KYT? Um, I would rate it. I had a lot of fun, like, just... Spending the week with my dad and my sister uh, for the whole the, the week was really fun, and then rushing back on Saturday, I, I was just exhausted because I didn't even sleep much on 
the Friday night, so I'm rushing back, and my my mom's like, uh, "You're going out? Like, like I'm going out to the pre-release." Um, played, then stayed over at my friend Calvin's house until the next on Sunday at noon, where I just played the other pre-release. So I four one both days. Very happy, excited to draft tomorrow. So I'm in a good mood, and it's been a great week for me. Nice. So what is your so what is your actual like planned days look like leading up to this pro tour like i'm actually really curious about this do you have it planned yet or are you not at that stage yet like how how am i gonna approach yeah, like what are you doing like when are you starting testing are you testing now like now the ban and restricted list has dropped are you what are where are you at for sort of your limited testing who are you testing with like how, how much of this stuff have you put together for yourself i'm curious Oh, not that much at this point of the game. Uh, probably a lot more refined by the time we do the next episode, because mm-hmm. that's still uh, ways away before I actually land in Washington. Um, but Jessica, Bloody Mess Jess, is coming down this Friday. She 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 bought her uh, train ticket, so I'm going to be uh, setting up drafts with, with her and Xavier uh, with the rest of the local gang. So cool. um, putting a lot of decks together. And uh, yeah, but but nothing uh, concrete has started yet for us, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's still pretty early for some of the other teams. Um, I know John like John Stern's inviting me to a bunch of drafts he wants to done locally before he flies over to you know do the real testing with his uh, constructive testing with his team. So still pretty early for everyone. Okay, what? Uh, so I read something also. And I don't really know how much this is happening, but what is with this whole team face-to-face games and team channel fireball thing? What what's up with that? Um, as far as I know, um, I haven't read up the official stuff, so I'll probably go by that if that's uh, that resource is public. But from I know they're they're working together. They've been approached. Um, the face-to-face games have been approached multiple times um, over the course of the last pro tours to work together. And this turned out to be um, the time that they've been decided. I think um, for whatever reason, maybe CFB wanted to branch out um, for this upcoming Pro Tour. And uh, yeah, they're working together, it looks like. Wow. So yeah, basically, you know, pretty pretty super team. So that's going to be like a really big house. I, this imagine. Channel Fireball team might beat the other Channel Fireball team this time. So this is like not the Pantheon team. So the Pantheon's still going to do their own thing, and then we're going to have like Team Channel Fireball and Team Face Face in the same house. Yeah, I am like LSV working with Alex Hayne. Wow, so that's pretty well. And Paul Chion, right? So yeah, sweet. That's really exciting stuff. Good for them. Well, I can tell you, this will be a pro tour that I will be watching every second of, um, not just because you're in it. <laughs> so yeah i'm uh i'm super pumped i'm super pumped i i cannot wait to just start jamming and playing and testing and doing all sorts of stuff for all the people that want the help i'm pretty excited so plus i mean we got baltimore at the end of february so we got lots of stuff to do yay modern yay welcome back format we missed you all right well it's late and we've been podcasting for fucking ever how do you guys feel about wrapping up? I'm good with it. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. 
Let's do that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this brings to an end episode 213 of the 18 podcast. We look forward to your comments, concerns, and everything that you'd like to put down in our in the comments section. Hit us up on Twitter. Leave the comments on the page. Share us on Facebook. Leave comments on Facebook. You comment there too. Tell us how you feel, what you think, and what you'd like to see. Maybe we'll consider it. With that, Mr. Scotty Mack, Jer, KYT, and Jay, tuck yourselves in and have yourself a smooth night. And make sure you remember of all else that you do the math. Have a good night, people. See you guys next week. Love you all. Oh, it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. You just keep me hanging on. You just keep me hanging.